Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Download episodes of previous shows. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Dallas Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me as usual are my co-hosts, Nick. Hello. Justin. I didn't hear you, Justin. What? <laughs> you didn't hear me? How dare you? Definitely heard you that time. And- <laughs> hey. All right. So it's been a bit since we've talked about what we're doing. Um, so I'll just dig into it a little bit. It hadn't, hadn't been too much as usual. Uh, so pretty much the same as always playing some Final Fantasy 14. I'm easing back on it waiting for Endwalker to come out um, Trying to just get the rest of my classes leveled to 80 so I can just jump into whoever I want or whatever class I want when the extension comes out uh, There has been some Genshin I've been playing some Genshin uh, Not much to talk about on Genshin. I mean the the new events the anniversary events have been okay actually I haven't been too disappointed like the rest of the community outrage, but I think they've been decent, and I think they definitely buckled really quickly to everybody because we got a lot of rewards, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they can afford to buckle. They have yeah, tons yeah, of money. Like, whatever. It's like, oh, here's 10 wishes, guys. Oh, man, our wallets really hurt on that one. <laughs> but... um yeah, so I've also been going through Disgaea 1, and hopefully I'll beat that eventually. Um, I always get stuck on Item World, and then I just burn out, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. Item World yeah. is just like the most unnecessary grinding in a game that's already got a lot of, like, unnecessary grinding. Yeah, yeah, I think I skipped Item World my first playthrough, like, They kind of force ago. you into it for Episode 4 as a prerequisite to get in. You have to get yeah. to, like, Level 11 on Item World, and then I think you're good. Just kind of yeah. be a tutorial of it, but uh, I went back and uh, I actually bought Dark Souls Remastered because Elden Ring's coming out next year. I wanted to kind of start get started on the marathon through the series again. Uh, nice. And I never beat Dark Souls Two DLC, and I never beat Dark Souls Three in general. So yeah, I need to. I need to. I'm hoping to do that one this this month for a horror month. So yeah, I'm doing I'm doing Dark Souls One Remastered. So we'll see how that goes random stray cat in my uh my background mm-hmm. um and i've also been watching twin peaks i've had it recommended to me for a long time and i thought it'd be pretty good for horror month to kind of throw in because it's got a lot of interesting like not really horror well it's yeah. kind of got yeah it's got some horror elements like horror psychological and it's got Thriller. some natural yeah. themes yeah. and there's i mean like, i mean it is very it is very uh 80s 90s cheesy horror 
in well, a sense, it because it starts cheesy. I get, yeah, it yeah. definitely starts real cheesy, and like the characters, um, like the FBI agent, so overly eccentric as like a kind of stereotypical kind of FBI agent, you know, like it's like, wow, what a weirdo, but. Um, I kind of like it. I've been having a lot of fun with it, and um, I think the I think the cast has really grown on me. They've got a real good cast of characters there, um, and like it feels like everybody is get gets the development they need for the most part. Like there's a lot of side plots going on, but yeah, it may not be horror every episode, but like there's a lot of bits that definitely fall into that category. But yeah, what about you, yeah. Justin? Ah. Uh- the, like the good chunk of the lat of like a week or so playing Lost Judgment and trying to, and I when by the time I finally I finally put the game down after finishing like pretty much like al- almost everything except for the optional boss because fuck that I, I put it granted I left the game on at points but it, it clocked in around ninety hours so I looked at so I looked at the how long to beat and it said that it should take you. 40, out, 40 hours to, like, beat the game plus extra. And I'm like, you liar. You lying yeah, website. Side quests or, like, any No, it, game. Uh, well, I mean, even, even if you do, like, extra plus completionist, it's, like, it's still, like, 70 hours. I'm like, you lie. You liars. Okay, I did not leave the game on that long. Uh, but, yeah. Lost Judgment. It's definitely... Uh, so, like, quick summary, Lost Judgment ha- is definitely a lot better than the original Judgment in many ways. Gameplay is a lot better, especially in regards, well, most, mostly, like, well, actually, no, gameplay's better all around. The combat's a lot better, the, like, crane style actually is useful now, although Tiger style did get degraded a bit in, in exchange. But like, like basically, you have these new these fighting styles, and that the main character can do, and they're all all pretty good for the most part. The detective game, yeah, the detective gameplay still sucks. It's a little better, but it's still like, but oh my god, I I hate the stealth sections. They're on rails, and if you get caught, it that makes no sense that the main character who could beat up twenty guys earlier just gets hit one time and then he fails. And it's like, and it, yeah, it's like, and if you fail, you have to start like five minutes back, and it's like, it's it got real annoying. The platforming sucked because Yakuza style gameplay is not suited for platforming. Yeah. That Dragon Engine is not that with, and unfortunately, and while the, the game has improved, Yagami, the main character of the Judgment series, he still has this problem where he get if you if he gets if he does a combo. He's like stuck in that combo, and he just will not stop. So, like when I see an enemy charging an attack, I'm like, "Oh, I better back out." But he's still in the middle of his combo, and I cannot, I cannot cancel out of it. Like, unless, uh, yeah, Sometimes especially you, the, got, you got to commit to uh, the motions. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a little better when it's a little better in the crane style and the new snake style because snake style has this block that lets you block from all fit, all directions. Oh, the, and the crane style, once you get upgraded enough, you can cancel out of your animations. Tiger style, no. If you if you do a combo in the in like the uh, the the style that's suited for one on one fighting, you pretty much you're pretty much screwed. 
like if you if you miss like because like it's you just cannot cancel out of your attacks and that's the one thing I've never been crazy about with Yag with Yagami's fighting compared to like Kiryu in the Yakuza series. Like Kiryu can cancel out of his animations pre- pretty easily when he's like fighting for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, like, but Yagami, he's just like he he just has these like one second pauses in, and he just will not stop attacking once I'm just like doing like these multi kicks or when. Yeah, but either way, though, the combat's still really good and challenging, with the exception of the quick time events. They now require multi-button presses instead of just one button, and that is trial and error at its worst. Especially in hard mode, because it requires you to, like, use the control stick in the, to do, as a quick time event in addition to X and Zero. And unfortunately, the control stick sucks. Like, I, I swear, I press left when it tells me to several times, and it does not read it. Now, and I was told that you could actually just use the directional buttons on the controller. The game does not tell you that. So it wasn't until I beat the game that I found out that I could have just used the directional pad to, to hit left. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Why did you? Why? Why? Especially because, especially since you can, you can get, like, one of the bosses will one-hit kill you if you don't pass their quick time event. So that, that, no, that was annoying. Um, as for, like, but, yeah, overall gameplay, so much better than the previous Judgment. Eh. Side quests are much better. They got rid of that stupid friendship mechanic, and, uh, well, it wasn't stupid. It's just that it got tedious after a while. The friend, they got rid of the enemies attack you in waves mechanic, which was dumb, because, well, first of all, enemies in the first Judgment gave you no experience, but in this one, they give you a ton to the point of excess. But, but, but ex- and it's like, I'm glad they got rid of that mechanic, and so now I can just, now I can just, like, do pretty much whatever I want, I can, like, and, and the side quests are a, a heck of a lot better, especially, like, the, especially where you, like, infiltrate a school and become a teacher to a bunch of students with doing the mini-games. Not all the mini-games are great, but that was cool. Uh, the main story, uh, had, it, it's, it's cool in the sense that it deals with bullying in Japanese society and all that shit. But it has a lack of focus. Like, they repeat information so many times that it gets that it gets redundant. And it, it just, like... The villain was really cool. Like, he's one of the best villains in, in the Yakuza series. But... It, but all, I think all the supporting cast and new characters are cool. The main characters... Uh, not so much. They kind of went through their arcs in the first judgment, and this new game doesn't really give them much other than their personalities from the first game. So, would you recommend it to other? Yeah, other people? if you, <laughs> I would. I would recommend. I would recommend it to like. Yeah, I would recommend it to like people who want more of the brawler style, the Yakuza game, sure, yeah, and definitely. one. And and yeah, def, def, definitely if you like the first one. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I will say this, the, I think the main story was weaker, but everything else was so much better that I rec- that I think Lost Judgment's better than Judgment. But holy crap, it took so long to beat! I, I I got burnt. I got burnt by the time I finished that game. I was like, yeah, this is not ranking high in my this is not ranking high in my uh, games list. Oh, like, at least the next one will probably be another uh, like, like a Dragon sequel. So yeah, that, yeah, I, I, I prefer that. Judgment. I prefer I prefer, the, I prefer that. Like. Like I, I compare it like would I like it more than like say uh, like like say some of the near, some of the other games at, near the bottom of my list like uh, World's End Club and I'm like uh, at the end of the day I'll rank it 
higher than World's End Club because the gameplay is better, but I think I prefer World's End Club's story mm-hmm. to Lost Judgments. But, but yeah, you know, stuff like that. But because, yeah, I, I, I personally don't think Lost Judgments great, even though I know a lot of people do. So that's, that's, that's what I've been doing, and given how big Lost Judgment was, I don't really have a guess. I don't want to say anything else. Cool. How about you, Jamar? Uh, for me, in the outside world, I've been trying to uh, find a house with my wife in Dallas, Texas, or the DFW area, which is kind of a scam because they'll give you a list price, and you're like, oh, normally you look at numbers, and you go, all right, I'll probably offer a couple of thousand below. And it's like, oh, it. no, it goes the opposite way. And I have one list agent goes, the owner would like you to get to X amount of money. And I'm like, but their house is not worth that. Mm. And he's like, no, but they really like it. I'm like, I'll put $100 more. I am not talking to that listing agent anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah. in short, housing market sucks. If you can wait, wait. It probably goes slowly cool down. But... That's my take on house hunting. It sucks and it's stressful. Worst um, anime. <laughs> yes, the worst anime. Wait, do they have an anime on real they should, estate? They should do <laughs> like, a, like a house hunting anime and they just go to different houses and they're like, wow, what a shithole. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in games, been playing more Wireware. I really enjoy it. But man, some of the characters match up with some of the uh, micro games. It's kind of brutal. You could be every game with almost every character, but there's some that just doesn't work. So like wards, huh? Fitting it with certain characters, do they get their own no. wards? Oh, okay. it, it, it's just randomized. So mm-hmm. sometimes it could be easy as using Wario to dash into a pocket watch to hypnotize somebody. But if you have like a character um, nine volt who goes left or right on the skateboard and he shoots stuff vertically, it's hard to get, like, the pendulum properly swinging. But, um, no, in general, really good game. I haven't played it online yet, but I'm going to see if we could get some people in the day and fan to play if they have it. And the last part is I've been playing R-Type for our review, R-Type Final 2. And... I'll pitch this to you. Maybe we'll do like a 10-15 minute video of me just going through the first two stages okay. as the review. But um, if you ever played any of those late 80s shooters like R-Type, Gradius, it's basically one of those. And like Contra? Well, sort of, uh, or Galaga? Or... But you're in an airplane. Yeah, you're, you're in a Galaga, spaceship. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, space, but basically you, yeah, you get um little items and power up your ship but it's extremely brutal you know what best way i could say that most people know anybody played ikaruga or heard of ikaruga i've heard of ikaruga. i definitely have from like um games done quick and stuff i've seen them play it's yeah. just crazy how much bullets and everything's flying across the screen basically it's like that it's like a bullet hell yeah but um no the polish they put to this game i was like super surprised like you could have super high frame uh, frame rate and refresh rate. Uh, the uh, landscape is pretty designed well, and I'll go more into it when we do the video. Oh, wait. I got Andre mixed up with Ikaruga. Okay, yeah. yeah. I played Ikaruga. I played it, I think, in Yakuza, actually. 
Because I think they had it in the arcade in one of them. Yeah, I think it did. It yeah. was in that this game, too. But yeah, we'll go more into detail with the video, and I'll pass it to you, Nick. Yeah, um, so what have I been up to? Uh, let me check the thing. Um, yes, because uh, I definitely remember. So I'm still going through Neo. The world ends with you. It's it's been slow. Uh, so some yeah. other things in the meantime. I mean, I'll, I'll get there eventually. I mean, that's, a long, and, that's a long game yeah, from what I've seen. It's been pretty long. Um, it does have maybe I mentioned this last podcast. Um, if you remember the original World Ends with You, it's like oh, it's just a one week of the game, but then there's actually more weeks and more stuff. This one. It's looking like it may be a similar sort of situation, which was not unexpected. But uh, So I saw some... Uh, I don't have a PS5 myself, but maybe in the future. Um, so in the meantime, I was watching some playthroughs then of uh, Psychonauts 2. Um, I was a big fan of the original one, and... Or is that for PS5? I no. think it's... Yeah, uh, no, Psychonauts 2. Oh, no. It, wait, wait, wait. What, what console Psychonauts is that, actually? Xbox exclusive and PC. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I don't have one of those either. Found, um, they, that makes sense. Yeah, double fine. Double fine. Uh, double fine? Yeah. Yes, yes. Sorry, I got that mixed up a little bit. But yeah, it's it's really, really nice looking game. Um, cool. It's it's tricky because it's like, it, on the surface, it's really good. It has more backstory, more characterization and everything. But it's like, uh, the soul. <laughs> The heart and soul of like the original Psychonauts. Um, it's it's it kind of seems more like it's corporatized. Uh, it's hard because um, it's like the characters they're just so expressive and stuff in the original, even though it didn't really look all that great. Um, but it's hard to like recapture that original charm. It's hard. To, it's hard to recapture the milkman. Yeah. The milkman <laughs> was. Stuck. Oh my gosh! I mean, some of the characters of the original, like they when they the PC, get close, but sorry, Jamar. Ter- oh, sorry, to interrupt. When the PC turn would be more mainstream. Yeah, like because it's. I definitely recommend it um, because they it's just different. Um, so they incorporate a lot of like actual psychology and stuff like uh, mental health and because it's a game about like going into people's minds and kind of maybe messing with stuff. Um, and it, it, it definitely seems like they more so did their research in a sense than in the original one even. Um, but it's it maybe doesn't fully capture the spirit of the original. And maybe that's just nostalgia and all talking. But um, but it definitely it was, it was definitely cool and and visually you know amazing going through their hideout or the um, uh, psychic FBI headquarters and stuff is is just really beautiful. Uh, but. Yeah, that's my take on it. Um, so Delta Rune Chapter Two, then kind of opposite in terms of graphics, I guess, uh, but still really awesome. Actually, it does have really good pixel art uh, and stuff. Then, so it's uh, it's definitely good. Um, I think it improves on a lot of the battles and mechanics and recruiting and stuff. Or actually, I don't know if you could recruit enemies in the original one, uh, but it does have the same sort of like pacifist. Uh, nature of the battle system that was even in the original Undertale, of course. Um, and it's an interesting story, definitely memeable characters as well. Um, and then the end uh, bit, really, really twisty, uh, really interesting to see where it's going. I think it's going to have uh, a total of eight chapters, if I remember, in total. Um, Toby is saying that the rest of them should be kind of coming out a little quicker than, than this one does, now that he has a better kind of so, uh, staff and studio or something. All Belter in Chapter 2. And then they have story chapters yeah. within that game? Yes, yeah, so it's... it's um, oh, sorry, sorry, that is a little bit confusing. Actually, no, no, no. Uh, there's eight chapters in total. Sorry, I may have messed that up. Um, this is chapter two of eight. 
then. Oh, okay. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. The original wow. Undertale, yeah, it didn't have that sort of system, but it's like, this is a sequel, prequel, it's unclear exactly how it ties into the original story of Undertale. A lot of characters are there, but they don't, like, recognize each other and stuff, so it's... It may be just a whole rewind, like the name Deltarune is an anagram of Undertale. <laughs> so who knows exactly what's going on, but it's interesting. Um, then the last one, oh, uh, sorry, did you have something? <laughs> yeah, super quick question. Is Toby working with the studio, or is it still kind of just him doing everything? That is a good question. I know it's like a lot bigger production. They actually had a whole, I don't know why it got so dark so quickly. He doesn't do everything. <laughs> I mean, he has a small... No. There's a whole because they had like a under a Delta Rune episode one live stream recently um, that was like they played through with some of the voice actors and stuff uh, the first chapter the first episode and then at the end it's like oh by the way episode two is is released now you can go play it it's it's free um, and it's like oh wow so there's there's definitely like a, a production team but I don't know that it's necessarily like associated with a big AAA. Uh, team, I think it's still indie, uh, technically. Yeah. Um, then I went through uh, Life is Strange, True Colors as well, uh, and actually also the DLC that also came out for that, Wavelengths, um, which was... <laughs> so it turns out Steph was in the first Life is Strange DLC um, after, or before the storm. She and Mikey were the guys playing D&D that Chloe could interact with, um, and so she, because of the events that happened in Life is Strange 1, uh, ends up moving out of Seattle and then into Colorado, and then that's where the main character of Life is Strange 3 kind of interacts with her, and then you solve this whole mystery. It's a good game. Um, it's also diving into psychological concepts, uh, trauma, uh, and people's emotions and stuff, and, and you thought kind of at first when it was revealed, like, empathy, oh, you got emotion, happy, sadness powers, but it's it's more than that. It's more like helping people deal with trauma and, and guilt and like work through their own problems. But it's open-ended in the sense that it's like, you don't necessarily have to help people. And then that kind of ties into of, of this town that ties into how the ending goes. And as I was mentioned before the podcast too, so it's split into five chapters and the first four are kind of cozy go around this idyllic sort of Colorado mining town. Um, and then the fifth one is where, all the shit really goes down <laughs> and you uncover like you, you've been seeing bits and pieces of these uh, conspiracies or, or the true nature of, of Typhon mining and stuff. And then the fifth one is like where it's all like, Oh, you're finally connecting the dots and then, Oh, we can't let you do that. Uh, so, but it's, it's a, it's a good game. It's, it's a little short, you know, maybe, but um, there's a lot to do and, and it seems also really beautiful graphics and everything. Cool. Um, give me one sec here. Okay, so, if you guys are ready, we're going to hop into... Oh, actually, there was one other one. Oh, I totally forgot. So, I also watched uh, Marathon through the case study of Nita's uh, anime. Um, I may consider recommending that for a future uh, discussion. It was, it, it was I thought good. People were, I thought people were going to recommend for this discussion because it does technically oh, fall under as October. It, this is it is a spooky. Um, so it's it's got like on the surface. Uh, I thought I was going to like it more than I did. It's got a lot of um, steampunk and uh, Victorian fashion, but in France and cool powers. There's there's cool abilities and stuff. Um, 
cool fight scenes, but then it's also it's got a lot of those like Twilight sort of elements of vampirism and sucking the blood is like sexualized a lot, and there's some queer baiting. I'm gonna call it that because um, it doesn't actually end up with the characters. I mean, well, it's, so it's only season one. There's a season two coming out. Maybe stuff will happen in season two. Um, but yeah, if, put, if you John's were... already uh, put put it on, <laughs> and it's also the only recommendation right now. Oh no way! Okay, I may end up voting for that then. Yeah, the uh, this next. Oh one, wait, no, no. Well, no. Jason also of... put Jason also recommended Paranoia Agent. Okay, okay, interesting, interesting. Um, oh, that one would also be very spooky. Uh, but yeah, it's. I, I don't. I don't want to maybe influence then this discussion coming up. Um, I do recommend it, but it's maybe not for everybody. If like vampires and melodrama and and magic and ghosts i don't know if if that sort of like is not really your cup of tea then and you were maybe just going into it more for like steampunk and cool battles and stuff maybe it doesn't have exactly what you're looking for but it has very interesting characters very um interesting plot line kind of the castlevania uh curses and ghosts and goblins and stuff um then then i think you would enjoy it Sorry, I'm getting I mean, some and, 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 and but it's but only yeah, what do you think? Only the first parts out. The next right. part won't be till like January. It's good. Yeah, that manga that manga has such high scores. By the way, I looked at the manga on like the score on Mao. It's like, damn, this is like one of the highest rated manga on Mao. It's like, oh, must get must, must get a lot better later or something. Because right now the anime it's just been said, oh, that was all right. It definitely feels like yeah, it has potential for where the story could go, and there's a lot of. Yeah, mystery and stuff with. And of course, no, not and of course, I didn't hear too much about it. I think most people were just talking about Dragon Maid. If they weren't talking about Tokyo (laughs) Revengers, Uh, yeah, those are good choices too. Yes, Uh, but yeah, let's get into got some miscellaneous news. Um, So I got some fun stuff then finally, and then some global economics. Maybe I can make fun, maybe not. (laughs) But um, so there's some good stuff about COVID then finally. Um, So England is testing out if uh, vitamin A. Uh, sprayed into your nose can repair cell damage that could have been damaged from COVID or other respiratory diseases. Um, now, they noted, like, just taking vitamin A, just eating fruits and vegetables isn't going to quite cut it. You need to have the special sort of spray directly onto your nose or onto your cells. Um, so still testing it. Uh, not approved just yet. Uh, also, um, this company, Merrick, uh, working together with Pfizer, is testing out a antiviral pill that could decrease Merck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is it is Merck. Uh, so possibly that this pill will be able to decrease um, the rate of hospitalization and death by 50% if you take it after you start already seeing uh, some symptoms of COVID. Um, so that's also good. Uh, it's still going through trials and stuff, but that's kind of just, I just wanted to point out like just how science works. Like you start without having any knowledge of how stuff, but then over time, you know, you got to test these hypotheses, but we do come to solutions. We do get vaccines. We do get cures, but it's just, unfortunately, <laughs> it's a slow process. Um, Twitch, I don't know if you guys have heard about this then. Uh, so owned by Amazon, of course, is mm-hmm. some people are saying it's becoming paid to win. Oh, yeah, I actually uh, did see that in <laughs> The boosts. Uh, to, what, to, like, what to, you to, to reduce your popularity, pay, pay. I, I, I'm surprised 
was I thought YouTube had something like that. I mean, aside from like just buying subs, which okay, obviously is not a good idea. Yeah, but, yeah. I think Twitter too on Facebook and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. Spending money to make money is right. like a real one on one. Previously, how did the algorithm work? I mean, did Twitch, Twitch algorithm? Yeah, because uh, you Twitch. had to be popular already yeah, to be so, at the top. Yeah, so of the, thing. Highest, yeah. the highest. Uh, yeah, thing well, to be on the uh, page. you also have to play. You also, you also have to play games that people are interested in, like stream games, like Apex. Yeah, so all this really yeah. does is just or introduce a function, introduce a function that like, like lower viewed things can move up. Like, like, I don't even know people play Pokemon Unite on Twitch anymore. After it, it peaked when it came out, and then I haven't heard anything about Pokemon Unite on Twitch ever since. But I'm wondering, yeah, will it get just even worse, or, like, more of a barrier to entry if the other end of the spectrum, if the already super popular streamers start boosting their stream even further, will that make it even harder for new creators, content creators, to get in? If you see Nate to boost uh... his popularity any further... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just always thinking of like worst case scenario. Or soda popping. Yeah, they they don't need it. It's like they get so much money already. It's like why would they need? Why would they need any more? Yeah, I think it's more like uh, Justin said. It's for kind of the lower end or like the mid tier streamers that uh-huh. just kind of need that extra boost to you get up there. And, then, because, and there's, and there's yeah. lots of streamers with like huge followings who don't get many people actually watching their actual streams. Just like oh. yeah, that's not really a point to it. But yeah, it's oh. interesting to see uh, where that'll go. Um, <laughs> Twitch's policies and stuff always a bit controversial, it seems. Uh, so then, some celebrity is he a celebrity? Um, so Elon Musk and Grimes broke up. Um, right, I kind of just know. wanted to talk about this because of like we were talking about the robots and stuff uh, last podcast. So it's like figuring that those are going to start production a little bit quicker now that he's, he has more time. <laughs> <laughs> to to work on them, I don't know. He's alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. To make up for loneliness, oh, I don't know. Uh, when we reached out for comment, uh, Grimes uh, noted she is continuing on then with her plans to create a lesbian colony on a moon of Jupiter. Oh, of man. course. So, <laughs> thanks, Grimes. Uh, see where that goes. Uh, the EU then is uh, now requiring Apple to switch over to standardized uh, USB Type-C ports instead of their proprietary uh, Lightning uh, type, um, just due to, I don't know, kind of standardization across the um, industry. But like also, I think included in that as well as that future phones and stuff are going to stop including charging cables and stuff. Um, the idea was they're trying to cut down on like waste and all these cables, and every time you buy a phone, it comes with a new cable. Um, so, ideal case scenario, uh, the price of phone will go phones will go down because it won't include the charger and adapter, and that'll just be something separate that won't be a cost increase. But likely scenario, Apple's going to make another adapter, and it's going to cost even more. But yeah, uh, it, it, it's just a control for Apple. Good on them. Yeah. Force them to use the port that everybody <laughs> yeah. else is using. Yeah, and it's a port that actually more, works. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a successful port, and I think they should also put regulation to bring the analog port back. But in we'll this video, see. yeah, maybe S cart. Yeah. And then um, some of the the best news I I saw 
this whole last month. Uh, not really, but you can actually buy now Rin's scarf uh, from Yuru Camp uh, from this website, hobbystock.com. Uh, it's uh, 4,400 yen, so it's about $44. But, you know, uh, that's just the price of fashion. You know, these... Oh, no, no. No, not Rin from Fate. Uh, but it's it was just something random that, that popped up as new merch. Oh, it's backdoor as of now. Mm. Oh no, I'm too late. Yeah, we're, we're that popular. <laughs> and just as soon as I mentioned it's already out. sold out. Oh, I feel like that happened. Yet. Yeah, but hey. forty bucks is not that bad. Forty? Yeah. For a scarf? Yeah. Forty four. <laughs> oh plus shipping internationally as well. Oh yeah, there's that oh, to take into is consideration. It even like an anime scarf or is it just like a solid color? <laughs> it's oh, a couple it's colors. Right. I think it's like um, it's probably going to be on eBay though. If you want to pay even more money for it, uh, it's nah, going to be. It. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's not a Nintendo product. Oh, uh, true, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for the big, big story research and all, I was looking into. Um, kind of, it really feels like so the U.S. and China are in this codependent economic relationship, um, but that's it's getting kind of rocky lately. Mostly, just there's been a lot of stuff affecting both countries. Um, so you may have heard then uh, the Chinese housing market, their primary sort of industry uh, company is called Evergrande. Um, and they're really not doing so good. Um, it's causing a potential global economic fallout if that really um, goes downhill even further. They're currently $300 billion in debt. They're buying a lot of these scarves, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's basically the same sort of like uh, economic housing bubble that the U.S. had back in 2008 where they're selling these houses for, like, way more than anybody can actually afford over there. Um, and so we're worried about what, how that could potentially go if they could have their own recession or something coming up. Um, on top of that, uh, there's just been a lot of bad stuff going on uh, at the moment. Um, but, I don't know, a lot of it's, it's, like, not stuff that would have been unforeseen, I suppose. Um, China had this uh, thing called the Belt and Road Initiative uh, that started back in 2013, but it's like basically imperialism and colonialism like 2.0. But it sounds good on paper, right? So what China was doing was they're going into these impoverished countries in South America and Africa. And they're building uh, things like roads, like hospitals and buildings and all the stuff. That sounds really good. But then they're not doing it for free. They're like, oh, yeah, you can just pay us back later. Yeah, don't worry about it. But then they kind of ended up being huge debt traps. And they're like, okay, now it's time. You know, we want you to pay us back now. And these countries, they just can't afford it. Venezuela, uh, for example, is over $90 billion in debt um, to China specifically because of this. Um, and so what they're doing is they're, like, um, making use of, like, other ways that countries can pay them back. So things like they're using their uh, shipping ports, they're having, like, political power in, like, the EU. They're forcing these other countries to kind of vote in policies in favor of China. All kinds of, like, shady stuff. I mean, it's smart. I, I won't lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a like, good plan. Like, worst case scenario, Ooh. they could levy the army of that nation. Oh, Somebody's yeah. been playing um, Civ Six on Dianty. Yeah. Because yeah. that's actually, like, a really good strategy. Super terrible, but that's yeah. how you conquered the world. Honestly, it's not, yeah, not a bad plan. The problem is a lot of these countries then now, they're kind of like, wait a sec, yeah, this doesn't seem right. Like, look what happened to Venezuela and stuff like that. And so they're starting to kind of reject some of these uh, contracts, but China's like, no, you can't 
Nope. <laughs> you can't really get out of it. Um, so we'll see where that goes to. So on top of that, and on top of the other on top of thing, um, there's been large power outages sweeping across China uh, lately because of... Uh, so most of China is almost entirely powered by coal still. Um, and it's been very difficult, so of course, because of that, to, for them to meet their climate and emissions demands and stuff like that. But what's been happening is the government has been artificially like lowering the cost of electricity. And so all these power plants, all these coal power plants have been operating at a loss. And they're like, we, we can't do this. We literally can't afford to pay our technicians and stuff. And so they've been closing down. And that's led to like neighborhoods and stuff across over like 12 providences, north and south. Um, they're getting their power cut out like overnight. Um, some of them was like in the past 10 days, they've only had power on at their house for like three days. And it's affecting like warehouses. And so it's affecting a lot of um, Chinese production plants and stuff too yeah oh yeah yeah i think i remember that too yeah their crypto market and stuff is like you can't buy things with cryptocurrency anymore um and all kinds of just crazy stuff um and so that's also going to lead to further like product uh shipping delays and stuff if you maybe have seen stuff from uh alibaba amazon or something maybe having long lead times um uh, well well looks like that's going to be happening for a while it's saying that oh sorry yeah right right uh, and they're saying so sadly it's maybe going on uh for a couple of months into the winter season too so that's gonna suck now um, question is there is this their plan to kind of possibly buy off those companies at a significant ooh. loss on i mean at a significant uh, lower rate since they can't keep operating it as private i don't have that much knowledge to speculate but at this point anything because almost that's like possible. Yeah, you, you, you're almost privatized electricity. Yeah, it's not. I it's mean, so tricky. Yeah, because so China is such a like communism. Like everything is owned by the state, and so the state sets the prices. The state, you know, does all this, and yeah. it's very hard for any private industry to do anything without having like all these like state approved licenses to operate and stuff like that uh so you know i don't know that wouldn't be the worst thing china's done to have privatized <laughs> utilities yeah at this point uh, so on top of this is the fourth on top of but it's the final one um china is banning anime certain shows <laughs> well, they've, been uh, doing that. they've been doing that for a little while now it's true it's true so, um uh, there's they're continuing yeah <laughs> they're continuing their crackdown on uh, what they consider vulgar cartoons and stuff in the entertainment industry yeah. um even more recently than from what they've already been on um yeah one, other one things that, in, no, oh, sorry, one of yeah. the ones that were banned like a while ago Ooh, i think i remember that over the summer yeah and it seems like it's even ramping up even further um their media is now you're not allowed to portray effeminate men <laughs> stuff like this too uh so venti from um <laughs> yeah, yeah poor venti oh man they're yeah. gonna turn him into a girl or something um and then on top oh, i mean some people say that's that an improvement much. but you know <laughs> uh, who knows um then they're also going to um you're only going to be allowed for children 18 and under also sorry i don't know what's with the clouding um it's it got really dark in my apartment again yeah. uh so for children 18 and under now they're only going to be allowed three hours of video game time a week like so it's friday saturday and sunday specifically as well from 8 to 9 p.m um 
<laughs> Although the darkening is is for the dramatic effect, I guess. Um, but it's like, and they can't even like log into like a parent's account or like a brother account or something because like most of these games, they need like a mobile like facial like recognition to like log into them. It's it's just crazy, and it's all you know. They're like, oh, think of the children. You know, we want to promote you know education, and we want them to be outside, not being addicted to to video games. And and you know, I, I get that, but it's just such a hard line authoritative stance to take that it's like okay you only get three hours so china pretty much i don't know if i was an adult that like gave me a better chance going against children now because they don't have that much time to train and as an 18 plus year old adult i'm gonna beat kids at their own game yeah i know i know know maggie's doing yeah, because she, she, she's, work, she's been working a lot ever since she moved back to China. It's just like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know when, when, when she finds time to like watch anime or play games, honestly. With like only like one day off or something. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me get through. I'm going to tie this back. So turns out all this crazy stuff has been going on in China, but like the U.S. has also not been having everything uh, figured out on our end. Um, we currently, as well, like for reference, owe China uh, two point or one point one trillion dollars in debt out of our total twenty eight trillion dollars total that we owe um, to other countries, but also to ourselves. It's crazy. Um, it's complicated because it's not like so. If China like was to collect on all of that debt, maybe one day that would devaluate the dollar, but then it would also tank the yuan um, because China is at the same time invested in a lot of U.S. countries. Uh, it's really complicated. Um, Congress is currently trying to uh, push through this budget proposal. They got to get all their homework and stuff figured out by October 18th. Uh, if they don't, then we're going to go into a government shutdown, uh, which we had a lot during this previous administration, of course, you may remember. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like they're arguing. So the Democrats are like currently in charge, and it's like they're arguing a lot. They can't agree on things because it feels like they're trying to just out progressive each other they're like oh you thought we were going to give 15 dollars hour minimum wage but i'm not going to vote for that unless it's 16 dollars an hour but it's like guys if you don't if you don't vote on it it's going to stay like seven seven dollars yeah if you don't agree on something by the 18th uh, so we'll see it's it's kind of all over the place um so what is what is it what does this all mean how does this all connect um I, I take that there's like two kind of main points from this. Um, China is having energy problems. The citizens are sad because they can't play video games. Uh, they're trying to collect on their foreign debt from other countries, uh, but they're trying to back out of their deals and contracts. And the U.S. is in massive debt to China. So I don't know what could that result in. What could happen? Um, but at the same time, yeah, at the same time, because our economies are so tied financially um so intertwined i kind of feel like the u.s should maybe send some foreign aid or some foreign policies or something to just kind of help out china um i totally get it that like our system of capitalism you know not everyone is on board with and it does definitely have some problems but it's like at least we're not still dependent on like coal (laughs) for our production um and we have like all these backup plans and stuff in case we do have power outages and stuff so I, I don't know. It just it feels like the CCP, their their government and their system and all, it's it's starting to show some cracks um, societally and, and financially and stuff. And so just 
but I don't know. It's it's been all over the news and uh, all this past month, so it's been really getting in my mind what's what's going on. But what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's a big mess. And just, uh, play video games and forget, man. <laughs> but um, like when you were saying that um, China's having um, energy problems. I mean, not so long ago in the state we all live in, we had our own like energy crisis. And, big freeze, yeah, back yeah. in February. So, and if you look at how much um, energy America makes, they don't make enough to actually sustain the actual country because we still get some from like Canada and stuff. I don't know. It's a big like, it's a real bad relationship. Like anything could probably teeter and make the whole thing fall apart. So, I'm gonna probably yeah. do what. Corey says I'm gonna play video games and um not worry about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, we may be burning coal, but we're like still like 95 or more percent natural gas, anyways. So <laughs> it's uh, oil and, and all the alternative energies like hydro, um, wind, uh, wind, and then solar. Solar is okay, but um, hydro and wind are pretty inefficient, and they don't and they like ruin those local ecosystems because you know like. Birds fly into the turbines all the time. It ruins like local rivers, and um, then there's like the uh, I, I don't think solar is that bad, but then again, I don't know how how bad the manufacturing of those panels does for the environment, you know. So, and you gotta think about some... you gotta think about the landmass, and you need like actual always direct sunlight. You know, like every, everything has a trade off cost. It seems, yeah. So. I'm honestly surprised China hasn't gone like full nuclear. <laughs> that feels like something they would be like, yeah, whatever. Let's just put some nuclear plants in those rural areas we don't give a shit about. Yeah, and just like with SimCity, if you don't have the right people, it blow up. It's like, oh, we didn't like those people anyway. Mm-hmm. We put another one. Oh no! I mean, and like the technologies there to like nuclear plants are like, I mean, as long as they are up to code, then they'll be fine. Like, yeah, like. The old meltdowns were just because the tech was just so dated. Yeah, nuclear has definitely improved a lot, but it's like a lot of countries are just kind of hesitant to yeah, want to build a project like, like that. that but, yeah. In the 80s and the 70s, yeah. like, oh, what yeah. about this one time, you know? But, yeah, but yeah. that was like 30 years ago. But and it's, like, It's really efficient. Um, like the, the output's crazy how much nuclear does. And I think yeah. it's actually more efficient than natural gas, which is still like, still like our leader. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah. hard to say. Like energy crises, crises, and um, the not having any money to spend on things. Uh, but on that fun note, and all, <laughs> what what type of anime news? Uh, let's bring it back home a little bit, I guess. Our the anime news now, huh? Or at least, uh, or at least we're we're not, or at least uh, nothing nothing like uh, big. Big anime newsy, unless you count like one of the directors for Eden Zero passing away recently. Like if you so if you watch that show, then yeah, that's sad. I don't think it was the actual director, like one of Mashima. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I, I think he was like one of the animation directors. But I know that person passed away. I don't know much about that though to really comment on that, other than say rest in peace. Oh, now, sorry. well, now as. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, too, nothing too exciting on the anime news front, but uh, 
Let's talk about let's talk about since it's coming up soon and we do have a meetup event for it that got back that got waitlisted real fast. Uh, but hopefully 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 I can get in since I'm the first on I'm the first on the waitlist. But uh, that that because and there's always people who pull out at the last minute. But we're, we got the fall season to to uh, to look forward to and uh, well that. yes exact uh, yeah I mean I'm not one of those people who like. Cons- who goes like looks at this anime and goes like consume like fucking Reddit these days? Well, Reddit's always done that, but like I- I'm not like one of those Reddit users anymore who just like consumes the anime. Yeah, it's just but because it's because honestly, I find that to be uh like unless you write about anime for a living or something that yeah, I can see why yeah, I understand why you do that, but if but personally, I'm just like nah. I'm not really into that mentality anymore. It's just, uh, it's just not fun, and it's just like, it's just, just like I hate, I hate, and I hate how the red, and I hate how like the red community and everyone else has warped anime consumption to the point that it's just like so, it's just like so stupid. It's like because like something like I wouldn't like I don't I, granted I don't hang out in Netflix circles, but I very much doubt the Netflix crowd goes like, ooh, did you watch? Ooh, I watched this obscure show and this obscure show and this obscure show and this obscure show. Oh, I saw Squid Game too, but that was overrated. I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm getting this through season, that. This is pretty violent. Feels like uh, this season feels like a wait and see season because, like, normally I'll just do a glance over and I'm like, do I recognize any of these sh- adaptations or shows? And I'll pick a couple out, but I only recognize like three. Eighty six. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, obviously watch, but like, I mean, the sequels you're obviously going to recognize by name, at least then, the popular ones. And, and like, I recognize Komi-san because it's finally get adapted. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's another JoJo season, and then yeah, um, and the new Demon Slayer season. Yeah, well, is it movie or season? Uh, it, it's it's going to be the it's going to be the movie storyline for the first few episodes. Then it will go to the then it will go to the new arc yeah. after that. Um, uh. Apparently, the first episode will be completely new. That's not in the movie, though, so I might watch that. But as for watching the as for watching the movie again in series format, probably not. Uh, like, nah, because I really remember everything, and I doubt they'll add anything much aside from the first episode. That's and then I'll like look I for, like studios I recognize. Like, I'll look for Mappa, or I'll look for. Um... Mm-hmm. Wit, or I'll look for like yeah. Madhouse, and yeah, yeah. Well, Mappa and Madhouse are doing this like music. Tack Up Destiny, which is like this music fighting show, yeah, and I'm like, cool, I guess. I, don't know. Yeah. I saw, I saw a bit of the trailer. The animation at least looked decent, and uh, I see, I see people uh, fighting with instruments. Uh, but uh, I honestly, obviously, a teaser isn't much as to long go as by. It doesn't become Simpho Gear. I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Simpho Gear, one of the most. Love it or hate it shows I've ever seen. I have a friend, I have a friend like who did, hosted a panel in Boston, explaining his love for it and got a huge crowd. Oh, there's the Blade Runner um, spinoff too. Yeah. yeah, I know that. I, I I don't really know a lot about that though. It's, like uh, co-produced by two, the Toonami people. Yeah. But that's yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Think um, of that. I need to. I need to get back to. I need to get back to watching Fina Pirate oh, Prince or something. On it. I don't know. I know. It's associated with that. I don't really know what role he's producer. doing, though. This is yeah. producer on any chart. Oh. Yeah. 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 I'm using any chart too as well. So yeah, yeah. That's pretty much how. That's pretty much how I like. 
I, I, I won't watch the show instantly anymore, but I do still like, when I look at this, these charts, I just look like for the names and sometimes the production companies to see what, to see what is, what is, uh, what is like going to at least stand out. Not necessarily if I like it or, or watch it or anything, but it's like, oh, this seems like it could stand out. Usually I sort any chart by popularity because for the most part, if, because it's very rare you'll get something like Odd Taxi where it just becomes highly acclaimed later, even though Odd Taxi is still not that popular. But uh, but it's like I usually sort by the pop the popularity just because the thing is like usually when it comes to anime, the only thing that gets like really big are like Shonen and then so, and then Isekai, sometimes Isekai. And oh, Justin, quick question: Is there any? anime for the fall 21 uh, season that you're actually looking forward to or have some type of expectations for? Uh, Lupin? But that's only because I've watched Lupin for like since like, you know, a while now and, I, and, and I've liked modern Lupin, but Lupin is not popular outside, outside Japan and I don't even know its popularity in Japan. I know it's popular in Italy. Mm. But but and I know Lupin will be fighting against Sherlock Holmes, but at the same, but that's about all I know of the new Lupin series. It's it's too niche to like really around here to be for to see like people getting excited for. But I will watch it. Yeah. How about you, Corey and Nick? Uh, which um, one? I will watch. Obviously, I'll watch eighty six part two. I think I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna read the second light novel before that, so I can yeah. kind of like. Yeah. Smell out all the inconsistencies Crunchyroll Incorporated. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll watch Demon Slayer, but probably after it's done airing. I, I'm interested yeah. in Komi-san, so I might do a couple episodes. I haven't read the manga, but I've just seen so many memes at this point yeah. that I'll just probably watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it'll be a nice anime to Netflix, because Komi-san will be like, airs on Netflix like two weeks after or two or three weeks after it's Japan airing each, each, each episode. I'll do a couple episodes of that Madhouse Mappa musical anime, because I like yeah. music animes a lot, so mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Um, outside yeah. of that, there's also that Madhouse one, which is like this crappy vampire. Like, Yeah, I see that, and it's like... There's no, that sounds no, interesting, but... I don't know. Vampire comedy isn't really grabbing me so far when I look at these. Yeah, comedies in general like are really easy to fall flat because we don't get like a lot of their humor. Yeah, you know, so um, it, it's very context sensitive sometimes. So yeah, it'll it'll be hit or miss. Um, yeah. Outside but, of that, uh, I saw one horror am- anime, but it's like a horror comedy. So I might just uh, wait to see on that one. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've heard of Miyurko-chan, but I yeah. don't know anything about it. Like, uh, like other than the fact that this person can see dead people, and it's like, well, okay. Not, I don't, but I don't know anything about it aside from that. Uh, I know Platinum End by the fact that the original writer is the writer of Death Note and Bakuman. But I don't know much about the manga itself, other than it never it never got the popularity those two did. So I don't I don't really know anything about it. No, I'm kind of curious about it. That's probably been one of those I watch. Like I like I I don't know enough I don't know enough about Platinum Man to really like talk about it, other than the, besides the fact that I know it's Sugumi Oba who wrote it. Doesn't that yeah. look like the 
the manga they wrote in Bakuman? Baku- uh, I don't know. I don't know if I re- read that part or watched that uh, okay. part of Bakuman because they wrote they wrote um, they wrote a really popular manga series in Bakuman. Well, they had a couple, but the, one of the yeah. first ones that headed off was a series about like two angels or something, or like a uh-huh. good and bad. So maybe if that's what this is, that sounds really cool. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. sorry. You never got a chance to answer the question. Sakugan uh, looks cool. Oh. oh yeah, I was gonna ask you. If, I was gonna ask you if you were looking at anything, Nick. If you saw the reflection in my glasses, I was watching a bit of the trailer. <laughs> um, For which one? Uh, Sakugan. It looks like this little girl's kind of an engineer. She's riding a mech or something. They're fighting. The, the CG is, is oh, Sak- CG. oh Sakugan. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I seen this promo art bef- before of this little girl. And 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 like it's a mech, it's a satellite mecha show. Um, I don't know anything about it though. Like, but yeah, it's hard to kind of gleam from the trailer what it's about. But it seems seems like it may be interesting. Yeah, but, yeah that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. When it comes to stuff that's not based on like a popular source material and doesn't have names to it, like, uh, it's hard. I'd have to like, I'd have to like know. I'd have to like be really interested in the premise or something. And then usually when I am, I look up, I kind of look up who makes it. Like, that's how I found out about Vivi. I was like, huh, this looks kind of weird. And let's see. What... And then I found out it was, oh, it's this guy who wrote it. Oh, that's interesting. Well, also it was by Studio Wit. So that was actually kind of why. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Wit, I have no, I, I have no idea what to make of this Osama ranking show that they got uh, about a deaf, powerless it, prince. It looks like a kind of like a kid's show. Yeah. Or like a short a short TV show, you know, like the yeah. I mean, I, I know it's based on a manga, but I don't know a thing about it. I didn't bother to look at the trailers for it. The artwork, the artwork looks kind of cool, but that's that's about it. I don't, I don't really know anything about Osama where, ranking aside from that. Where's Studio Nut when we need them? Uh, Nut, they are busy. Uh, what have they done besides Tanya? I know they did something else. Handshakers. Wait, no, that's Studio. No, no, that's go. That's go hands. And you know if it was Gohan, then it's, you know Gohan's every song. I remember what else not did. They did uh, the FLCL alternative. Uh, no, that was so, that's still production IG. Yeah. Co-production, right. I mean, yes, that's, that's technically oh, true. They did Decadence. Oh, that's it. That, that was what I was that's looking for. Yeah, that was yeah. Decadence. That was them. I remember that. That wasn't my favorite, but it was no, enjoyable. Was the, okay, it was watchable. And I, also, I know, I know the Isekai fans are wanting to see more of Rudy and Jobless Reincarnation. They want to see him actually, you know, get him oh out boy. of here. Watch yeah. the scene grow out. Because he's still a kid in Jobless Reincarnation right now. Does he become he, an adult, hopefully, with yeah, all this sexual stuff going on? Uh, I, I know he grows <laughs> out of it when he grows older because, uh, things, because like, like things tragic happen to him that like, force him to grow up. Yeah, it's just, like, yeah. and, and, and like, like uh, either, but by the way, I'm still like, uh, when he grows up, is he go- is he going to ditch that otaku personality, his previous life personality? Because at this point, he has been in that body too long to even care, just to, to even care about that. He used to be a fat, lazy slob. Like, <laughs> I, I guess if this was like Psychonaut, this kind of imprinted in him. So I think I don't think he could uh, break it. But, um, I, know, I mean, I mean, I mean uh, Shield Hero guy did, right? Like, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, 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 
But he's, but yeah, but the thing is, Rudy has been alive in his new life for years now. He's got to be like around like 10 or so. Well, he's probably a little older at, by the end of the first season, but uh, like, I swear, like, he should, he should like forget, he should have forgotten about his past life at this point. Cause, well, like, you can't really forget if it was always a memory. It's just like you remember it something in your teen years. Yes. Like, you, it doesn't just go away. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, and and for the record, I know that there's like some bull. There's like it's take. It, there's some bullshit involved because nobody in in real life, at least as far as we know, has ever reincarnated with their memories intact. So we don't know. We don't know how human biology would actually affect that. Yeah, close to whipping Raspoon, but um, we yeah. don't talk about that. Yeah. Should we get into uh, some video game news? Yeah. We're yeah. Oh, oh yeah. One one last thing. I know. Yeah. I, if you guys are tra- if you guys are trash lovers, yes, I am fully aware of World's End Harem. I know what World's End Harem is. Thank you, thank you, thank you for thank you for make thank you uh, Studio Gokumi and what whoever the fuck you are, Axisis and whoever is supporting them for making another softcore porn anime. I cannot. W- well, actually, no, it's not softcore. <laughs> it's basically a head time. But yeah. it, that's on you. the uh, preview. It's it's available. Yeah. That's on our preview list show. Yeah, it's right. It's right. It's oh, right. No. It's right here. It's right. It's right. It's uh. It's uh, if you're on any chart, it's the tenth ranked most yeah, popular. Sure. Oh, Shin no. no harm. Review that preview list a bit closer. Oh, yeah, who's no. making this thing? <laughs> but I said Studio Gokumi and such. It's like, yes, I know what World's End Harm is. I know it's probably going to be the next redo of Healer. Uh, okay, so uh, but until it actually, until it actually does that, does the uh, borderline hen- or or full on hentai stuff. I don't know because I don't know what the ma- I never read the manga. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Okay, now and that's pretty much and that's pretty much what all I've got to say on the fall anime. I haven't seen what Chris has recommended yet. I I wonder if he had. It'd be really funny if he put World's End Harm as one of the things we're watching because it as he like it'd be like the equivalent of if he did. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Have you seen species of viewer in a species of viewers or uh, yeah or uh, redo of Healer? Uh, let me see. Oh yes, he does. We are that's watching. We are watching worlds. Oh, we're also doing Osama ranking. So yeah, for those of you who are go for going to that to the fall preview, Chris has put the list. We are doing Sakugan, Tat Op Destiny, Platinum, and apparently Komi can't communicate. Although I don't know if it'll be on Netflix by the time we actually get we by that time. So he might have to change that. Palin of the End, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, worlds and Harem, Ranking of Kings, and Miracle Chan. So okay. Most of the ones we just talked about. Well, yes, sure. because he has to avoid the sequels and such. So we got We have to like, and considering how all the poppers shown in Isekai are sequels, it's kind of expected. Yes, sir. So, alrighty then. Let's talk about them video games. Hell yeah! So what? What to start with on the video game news? Anybody get their Switch OLED? <laughs> No, but no. I am. I'm hoping to get my PS5 by by the beginning of November. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Those, assuming I didn't get scammed. Get those Wario 64 notifications on. I I actually have one. On, I actually have one on order, but it won't be here till November. Assuming that. Assuming that you know, uh, I didn't get scammed. It's the first but, game you're gonna get. Uh, I Eternal. don't. 
I mean, I, where Eternal is on my priority. Uh, I will, I'm hoping to the, to play the ju- the uh, upcoming Judgment DLC, the Lost Judgment DLC, by the time I get my P- P- PS5, because Judgment on PS Lost Judgment on PS4 lags, and it has a 30 FPS cap. So, like, yeah, the, the Lost Judgment DLC, like, I, I didn't mention it, but, like, there's going to be something in October. They're going to introduce a new fighting style and some boxing stuff in October. And then, like, in 2022, I get to play as Kaido in a new story. But I'll, I'll probably test out the Lost Judgment PS5 first to make sure that it actually runs on there. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be fine. And you probably see... I don't know. A lot of stuff is PS4 enhanced or like you know PS5 enhanced, but I really don't notice actual frame rate difference. So it's kind it of feels like the same. marketing scheme. Well, yeah, yeah, but well, I could see the chugging in the Lost Judgment, like yeah, the fighting, yeah. the fighting, especially yeah, causing the chug, especially compared to the previous one. But yeah, let's get let's get back on some some news news. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Switch it all. Up. No, 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 no. Uh, I think I'm going to pass yeah. unless one of my switches break, but uh, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, I. They didn't really give us any reason to get it. It's no. They've got a little bit better battery life, but I think it's the same batteries that's on the second gen of switches. Um, I mean the screen looks. It's OLED. I mean it's going to look a bit crisper, but like yeah, that's what I was going to say. On the yeah. go. <laughs> The battery well, isn't really improved. Well, yeah, like, who's really traveling now? So yeah. Yeah. unless I'm unless I'm back fully traveling, it really doesn't make sense to upgrade and, and the switch. A, is it fifty or a hundred dollars more? I think it's a hundred. Like fifty. That's right? fifty. It, okay, it's three fifty. Okay, so yeah. I mean, I guess if you're like if you held out on the switch up to this point, I guess you might as well. Um, but otherwise, or I guess I if you're back, wait, I would wait to see what what. High def model they come out with the the pro gamer model if they if that is not just rumors but we'll probably see next year if there is um game awards is on December 9th always just everybody loves the game awards so much yep. to talk about oh my god oh my goodness never never fluff. I'm interested to see what's nominated There's at never least any but... fluff or anything well, what's Jeff up to this time this year. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, there was the Genshin anniversary drama, which, you know, I mean, we talked about that a little bit already. They just kind of buckled, gave us some extra Prima gems. I'm happy about it. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, they got plenty of money. They can chill out a little bit more. It's been a year. It's been a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, they so much money these days. It's like, yeah, there's, there's no way. Like that's that's one of the reasons why while I un- well like I sympathize with the Gen with the Genshin uh, backlash to a point we all know it's not going to Mihai is not going to change due to it I mean they did a little bit with like the rewards and such but they're not going to be that affected because they got so much money yeah yeah um so there was that PS5 system update recently um, yeah, I don't know much about that outside of the being able to add an M2 to your uh, to your console I I really don't remember what else changed there. I think there was some performance enhancements. There was uh, some performance enhancement you could customize when you press the PS button, kind of like your hot bar on the below. Oh, you thank could. God. Add, oh yeah, oh, I removed God. almost. I removed everything that. I would put the power button there because, like, otherwise it's like annoying to get to turning off the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna customize yeah. that right after this. 
Yeah, but the biggest thing is the SD um, upgrade, upgrade which I did. I got a two terabyte one, uh, and I could pick games on again because literally, I only had three games on my system. Yeah, that was a problem I saw. I first saw with the PS Five like on announcement because I mean, five hundred something yeah, gigs is not it's enough. Nothing, nothing for games of this gen. I mean, like I mean, I mean, that's why that's why I always buy like the external hard drive yeah, and such. Are there, are there any for PS5s right now? Uh, I got a. Finish. I mean, you can use pretty much any external. And, hard drive. Yeah, I like yeah, you don't get, get the ones yeah. that are saying like, "Oh, this is the PS4 Sony brand." No, they just like, yeah, okay, they obviously just, no, no. Yeah, I they don't. just have it formatted and possibly the same color scheme yeah, as your yeah. console. But, I've used a, a four terabyte one since my PS4 um, hard external hard drive and. It's done me fine for the games. I'm not like I need this to be on an SSD. I throw on there like an indie or like a game that yeah. doesn't need the load times. But yeah, um, that's worked out for me. So I'll probably hold out on the M2 upgrade or maybe not get it at all. But we'll see. Yeah. But remember, on the M on the Diamond Two, you can run PS5 games from it on external hard drive. I only think you could do PS4 games. Oh, you really? You can't do that. You can't do that. Nope. No, oh, it, wow, it's not fast that. enough. That That's the big thing about it is mm. you need the M.2 to run PS5 games. I'll keep that in mind. So. Mm. Tons of bitches. Yep. Um, so outside of that. Um, Nintendo Direct. Yeah, we'll talk about the Nintendo Direct some. So we got to see the Monster Hunter Rise. Um, not even really DLC at this point. I would call these expansions. Um, yeah. So the Sunbreak expansion is kind of like um, Monster Hunter Iceborne. Wait, kind it of. It, it, it's not like it's a very whole... like Castlevania sort of theming. It's yeah. at least the impression it's a I got. Theme, but I mean, in the same, it's no. the same concept. But the size of the concept. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's as big as Iceborne because it's free. It's free or is it paid for? I can't it's remember. Paid. It's, it's oh, okay. yeah so it's it, so it's going to be it's similar be to like the iceborne and it's not going to launch up everything as per usual if a monster hunter yeah thing right now but um you get to finish the story you see a collection come out so you can just get the switch collection um and uh also we're seeing um well we'll get to that later but yeah i'm pretty excited for it so i don't have the game but i'm excited nonetheless of more monster okay. stuff it's coming out on PC in yeah. January. Yeah, yeah we'll be behind. Well, yeah, Cap- once we get to the TGS announcements. But sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited though. I, I I can't wait to not play it on Switch and play it on PC instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mario Party Superstars. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm interested I'm because I like Mario Party, and I yeah. didn't buy the last Mario Party, so I don't feel like I got yeah. like screwed over or anything. Yeah. I know I mean, Maria really wants this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, well, well, I, I, I did buy the new Mario Party, and I haven't played my own version. I just played other people's versions, but yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still, I still uh, want, I still want to, I, I still want to get Mario Party Superstars because, like I said, I recently played like Mario Party Two on N64 a little while ago, and it, it was still fun despite the aid of control. I so the like last yeah. one. Um... On Switch, and I thought it sucked, honestly. But yeah, I mean, it, I mean, fine. I mean, it had the boards, the boards definitely sucked. The boards definitely sucked. Yeah, they weren't like, great. All the tiles yeah, tiles were so limited. Like the mini game tiles were gone. Yeah, uh, I think that's why people are excited 
for this one is because it's like it's bringing back the good boards. I don't know. Yeah, like, the mini like games. The, game. the mini games were good in, in Super Paper Mario, and the and the new dice mechanic with the, the character specific dice was fine. It's just that the boards were just not. Yeah. So you said yeah. Super Paper Mario. I'm like, yeah. are we? <laughs> or, no, yeah, what yeah, was I, the last I, Mario Party? Is like Super, Super Mario, Mario Party. Party. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're running out of adjectives to name these yeah. things. But yeah. Yes. yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's it's primed to be good, and and they're gonna have the online multiplayer for this one. So yeah, yeah. yeah thank God that they must have been testing that the, the new yeah. Mario Party update That's with that. What I was thinking, yeah. Um, yeah. Voice of Cards is a collab with Square Enix and Yoko Taro. Um, it's, if it's, if it's not, not if it's not near, Hearthstone, I'm not it. I like universe no. oriented near universe oriented card game. Yep, gotta get the lore. It's like yeah. a like tabletop adventure, but everything yeah. is like so is it, so is it like so is it so is it like yeah, Gwent one. or I think Witcher had something like yeah that. yeah like Gwent yeah, yeah Gwent Gwent was fun yeah Gwent was a really good card yeah, game so it's, it's like it's short and to the point <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. Lore. I mean, yeah, I think the, yeah. I think the only card games people like are really into these days, aside from the crazy Yu-Gi-Oh fan base who just who just like abuse the power creep or 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 to the extreme, is like, well, there's Hearthstone, obviously, because Hearthstone will remain popular forever, and uh, and uh, yeah, like it's like went once so well loved, and uh, uh, and there, and then there's Uno, which I need, I'm, I want to get, I want to play with, I want to play yeah, with, like, I mean, yeah, Uno's fun. I think I wrote it down wrong. So it's not a card card game like Hearthstone card game. It's like you're adventuring, but then every new like adventure square is a card. Um, maybe like it's, kinda here to slay, maybe or something like that. Yeah, you get just gotta see. It's like a it's a Yoko Taro game. I it's feel like that's a good explanation for it. Yoko Taro card game that was roguelite or something. I think that's a good explanation. Yeah, with the roguelite because well there is. Like, actually, I take that sort of back, because there's, like, a card battle. I think that's how you battle the enemies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how this Shadowverse does that, where, like, they have the campaign, and each enemy you beat, you get, like, a new card from them or a new card pack. And, yeah. But that'd be interesting. I won't buy it, but I'll wait to hear if it's good. Yeah, it's not really my, it's my yeah. thing. Um, we'll see. Disco Elysium Final Cut is announced for Switch. That will be coming out, I think, this month. But I'll have to check on that. Yeah, Disco Elysium Final Cut is really good, although there are a few bugs in it. Yeah, I would still get it. Yeah, I would still get it for PC because those had most of the patches for the bugs in it. And um, just, I I personally like it more on PC, but it's definitely a great game to take on the go, so I totally see yeah. it. I mean, it is, it is kind of a D&D campaign. Um, yeah. There's some more DLC for Age of Calamity. I don't know if you want to talk about that some more, Nick, but it's... it looks good. Just a couple more characters. Yeah, there's some more backstory. We're gonna get Raba and Pura as a combined character that fights with two instead of one, maybe like the Great Fairies, and then some other unknown mystery final final character. It's just Robbie, isn't it? I think it's both. I had to look at the um, like on the website. So it's Robbie is the tech guy, and then Pura. She's also a tech scientist, but she's like the camera person. Um, But they're they're fighting together as one character, I think. Um, Almost like ice climber, like yeah, with a lot of crazy technology and and robotic arms and stuff. Whatever they they just they can do whatever with the ancient technology in this game. But 
yeah, we'll see. The story is kind of all over the place. I don't know how they're going to be able to like wrap it up into concise if they're even going to try at this point. But I'll see. I'll let you guys know when whenever that comes out. Um, there's also the Chocobo GP remake, which is like Mario Kart with Final Fantasy, and you get your like fire goes and spells you launch at people instead of items. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you want to talk about it more, Jamar, but I mean, it looks, it looks uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, the original one, it was fun. It was a fun little Mario clone. I know Andrew is excited about it. Yeah. I know he had. He, he wants to play those pers- Chocobos. Yeah, he had personal financial back in, in this project, so I'm glad. Oh, really? Got your- no, he didn't. <laughs> but, uh, no, I feel like if a- he could have, he definitely Yeah, would've. he would have. No, it looks good, it looks clean. I'll probably buy it, play it a couple of times. I think it might be one of our little party games we might play. But, uh, no. That's it on my end for it. Um, there's the Smash Bros. Final Fighter announcement for when you'll be told who the Final Fighter is. <laughs> Instead of just I'll, telling us right there. <laughs> I'll be mad if it's actually Sora. Um, it's going to be another sword fighter, of course. That's fine. Keyblade fighter, whatever you want. Who knows at this point? Yeah. If it's Sora, right. then I mean, I've I've already lost hope for Smash, but like that'll be like finally. I'm yeah. like, wow, it's just wow, what a trash game at this point. So Nick, I think, think? Ever, I think by the top, I think everyone's tired of the Smash DLC at this point. It's Did I like, mention it on the last podcast? I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Goku. Um, just to just to, that's what it has to be something crazy. Like, yeah, Smash the, news, the, the new the new Smash character will have to be really crazy, really be crazy yeah. to be like, well, this was this this is this is this is a fitting finale. Because basically, it's like Kamehameha blasts, anyways. Like, like, it's not too out of the like. They would just have to make it like pretty short. Yeah, no, it has to be Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah, now that now. Yeah. Yes, Miyamoto himself. Not a meme, aka discount Miyamoto, but the actual Miyamoto. Yeah, oh my god. I give us a DBZ fighter, but somebody like nobody wanted, like Nappa or something. <laughs> or, like, oh my god. Like, Go on. Yeah, oh yeah, Raditz. Who's the fuck about Raditz? But yeah. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is a oh, Kirby no, game. It looks really nice and pretty, yeah, yeah. and it looks like they just threw Kirby in near. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, well, a more colorful near because even though it's yeah, black yeah, on the world, like Kirby, it's still Kirby 06. Um, yeah. <laughs> it should be. Well, it, should be really it doesn't fun. look that realistic. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it looks huh? pretty realistic. It's it looks going to be interesting. Yeah, Sonic 06. To I mean, me, but uh, I mean, I mean, that could be due to the graphic, different graphics, and all that. But like, I just remember how Sonic 06, the realism. The, at least of the, I, I mean, I don't see any humans, but I did remember how the humans clashed with Sonic's mascot stuff and all that. I mean, they always but clash. They were an adventure too, so yeah, that's true. But they even clashed more in there. Although to be fair, the same could be true for Mario Odyssey. Um, yeah, that was interesting. The Donkey yeah. City with the tall humans. I don't know what's going to happen with the lore wise because in Kirby sixty four there was Shiver Star that was like Earth, but like in future in like a nuclear apocalypse kirby 64 was like a whole deal so why did <laughs> is this bad? what is going on why did honestly <laughs> what is this what is his goal what is this kirby's mastermind goal isn't it like the whole lore behind kirby is like ddd is like kind of like like mayor or something 
So it depends uh, like, how. I mean, he like, he is kind of a glorified mayor. Yeah. It depends how like, deep on the Kirby lore iceberg you want to go, yeah, but yeah. Uh, canon, <laughs> it, it could, yeah, it could go deep and dark. I think in the show, in the Eldritch show, DDD was actually like a town official, and he had like to pay for all the town destruction that Kirby kept doing. Yeah. But I have to. We'll have to get back to you on our Kirby lore. But yeah, it's interesting. If you looked at a couple of screenshots, remember from the video, there's like actual malls that Kirby goes through. So it's almost like a Last of Us um, kind of setting. It seems like, yeah, so it's like kind of 3D world. Like it's not totally open world game, um, but it's also not like strictly linear like most all previous Kirby games are. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be Kirby Breath of the Wild, but it's looking like it may be that sort of like really ambition. Last of Us. Wait till Kirby meets the cannibals. <laughs> oh no! And Kirby just and then Kirby and then Kirby just flies away, and then everyone starts shooting him. Just, He'll be like, "You think you guys are hot shit?" Just like he absorbs like, the yeah. Kirby's got the warp yeah. star. Okay, he'll just cut his arm off or something. He'll just cra- he'll just crash into the into the cannibals with his yeah. warp star. Or just eat them. Um, oh, that too. Some There's neutral special. He wields a gun. <laughs> Some well, Animal Crossing that's coming too. Oh, Brewster! Oh, yeah. yeah. Woo. Finally, they had Brewster in. <laughs> you could have done this a year ago, guys. But, I know, because you know, like, like there aren't really yeah, that exactly. there aren't that many because there aren't that many people playing Animal Crossing it's anymore. Like yeah, this character. It's like there's supposedly going to be a whole October U- direct for Animal Crossing, and yeah, we will get yeah, the yeah. Oktoberfest stuff if that happens. Who knows what all? I mean, because it's like not there's dlc but it's like it doesn't cost money it's all free so it's like eventually they're like yeah this doesn't really make much sense for us to continue putting resource development into it I, I, from a financial perspective but yeah we'll unless see. it keeps unless it keeps selling that's um mario golf super rush it's some more characters and another you know i'm getting really tired uh, like with with like i I'm not really tired of Nintendo releasing these games, and even though they're free update, it feels like more than just releasing unfinished games and then just putting in content later. That just that's just like, but at the, at, but then people will just not will have moved on from those games at the time. I don't know. I don't think it's unfinished like a lot of other studios that because yeah. you do get a full story experience, and then it's just they just add other stuff that they might. Didn't have time for the deadline, or they just thought of. Because it's like, yeah, it's tricky balance. Like, if you look back to earlier games where there's a lot of characters and stuff, I feel like even the base game of some of these newer ones that are coming out, like they they have a bigger roster than what was available in previous titles and stuff. And then now it's just like oh, we're adding more over time to kind of remind people that this game exists. Maybe I, I haven't bought. I mean, Super Rush, it, but I, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of a weird gray area for me. Yeah. Well, I'll I mean, it, like this: if you look at uh, Monster Hunter Rise, you didn't even get the ending of the game. Oh yeah, that that's one. I feel yeah, like that's like, not <laughs> but uh, like within plot, two weeks, I already maxed out everything, and it's like you can't finish the plot. Yeah, that's kind of kind of half-assed in releasing a game. This is you get your game, but hey, we thought of putting Waluigi in it because you fuckers want Waluigi, mm-hmm. but he won't be in Smash. Almost like apology, uh, something like yeah. that. Um, there's also the 
Disney Bandai Namco 3DS game port, which uh, okay. Does anyone actually care about that? We didn't really care, so we didn't we didn't put much more no. detail. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Knights yeah, of the I think Republic's getting ported to Switch for like um like the twentieth time. It's been ported to something. Why? Yeah, um, the... money. Yeah. But really, like I think everybody in the world has pl- experienced that game like eight times already. Unless they're doing like a full remake. No. Like no, 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 no. The remake is is coming for PS Five. This is just the uh, this is just the old base one with the with the very outdated PC graphics from two thousand three and all that. And yeah, it's, it's just like I mean, yes, it's a beloved game, but come on, trying to get new players nowadays to play that play that jank, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, it's yeah. janky as fuck. Um, there's also Dying Light Two. The cloud version, I should add. Yeah, like the cloud, cloud version. version. I'm pretty sure that's Dying Light 2. Um, I it kind of gave me vibes that it was like a Switch exclusive spinoff, but I think that's no. I think it's just think you're right. It's game. just that's the yeah. game. It's kind of confusing how it was announced because there's also a, a platinum edition that's also coming out, but it's like. Yeah, the guy just like walks out with the announcements. Oh, there's cloud version and platinum edition, and then he just leaves. And it's like, what? what? I that's I don't know much, much they, about this game. Yeah, that's how much <laughs> they care about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're just like, oh, it's out. So yeah, I've not, especially after all of the um, Techland issues that have been happening over the past like year and or year or so. I'm I don't got a lot of confidence in it, and which sucks because I really I really really like Dying Light, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, triangle strategy. We got like another trailer. We saw some of the yeah. updates. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't help but look at that thing and just go. This seems like another one of those tribute games that doesn't. That seems to exist just to recreate a genre well, and update the genre. Game, I think. Yeah, Octopath yeah. Traveler was the same way. It, it just like it's nice to go back to that genre, but at the same time, making something solely just to just to make an update for that genre, it doesn't. It just makes it. Yeah, it just makes it kind of a little forgettable. We'll go through every shape and genre. Yeah. Every, yeah. So. And it, 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 I mean, granted, it'll probably be better than the previous like genre games we've gone. Like uh, Astro Ascending got mixed reviews. That's a recent release that was supposed to capture a specific genre. And Christ Tales, yeah, that 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 didn't, that fell flat. <laughs> yeah. After this one, um, in two years, we'll get quadrilateral platformer or something. Uh, say the, the shape and then the yeah. genre. <laughs> It uh, just cranks it out. It's just, I don't know. Now let, let's get to the let's get to the big one, the one everyone's looking forward to. Yeah, you're right. Castlevania, Castlevania. Advanced Collection. <laughs> I know, man. I want to play those Castlevania. I, I finally get to play those uh, those old good mm-hmm. Castlevania games on the yeah. Game Boy Advance. And coming to PC too, actually. So Konami, they're already on uh, PC. Oh, they already came out for. The Castlevania Advanced Collection got released on the oh, same right. day. It got announced. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so. that's cool. Like. I still have those Game Boy Advance games. Somebody, but um, no, that's good. Somebody made a mistake at Konami and they like pressed the wrong button. It's like, oh no, you just released some of our games. What are you doing? <laughs> People might buy them. Well, you can't release ports. What are you doing? We can't make money. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see Konami taking some action. Hopefully, uh, I heard some rumors that they're planning to do the same for MGS and other things. So we'll see. Yeah. So apparently, um, not to go off topic, Konami's been pitching indie developers to make games for them and also look at their classic series. 
So it's like, hey, yeah, we're making games again, but we're getting somebody else to do it. That's fine. I mean, look. What's yeah, that's fine. Like Mania, you know. Um. So there's also uh we get we saw another trailer of Dread. Um, it was more of a story trailer, so there were some spoilers there. But just a reminder, you know, it releases um next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Friday. Friday. Five days. I thought it was Tuesday because what is it, it's on October eighth, but it's on yes. Friday. No. Which is no, usually because... Nintendo games usually release on Fridays. Huh. Yeah, but all major game releases are usually on Tuesday. That's why I get thrown off. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Pokemon is releasing on Tuesday too. Dang it. Um, that's but, weird. Because um, that's supposedly like the highest statistic for game sales on Tuesdays for some reason. Uh, maybe just Monday was so bad, people go in a store and just like, please God, just I need something. To... I don't know. I think Friday's better to me because hey, you have I'm, something to look forward to the I'm weekend. Not, yeah. it's, it's not my opinion. That's just what I've heard. Like, yeah, not statistics, but um, yeah. So Dread's coming out October eighth. Um, new Switch Online, which is bringing in um, N64 and Genesis games. All the ports you know and love that were made on 3DS, uh, remade on 3DS, are, are, um, are those 3DS remakes aren't featured. Remaking them again. You get, the, you get the old port and the not superior version, but it is there for an extra cost. <laughs> you guys can play you know, Ocarina of Time again for the 30th anniversary yeah. of Zelda, I guess. If, if I mean, you never play there you go. <laughs> you never play Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, um, any of those really go get the 3DS copy if you can. Even though, yeah, they've already had remakes that like yeah. address a lot of the quality yeah, of life yeah. stuff, like, better graphics. That, that but... is the that is the yeah. experience in my unless, unless you want to speed run Ocarina of Time 64 again. <laughs> yeah, unless you want the the glitches that you know and love, then uh, from your speedrunners, then you have the original. But, yes. Uh, or even get the, like the Ocarina of Time like Master Collection on GameCube or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although that requires you to have a GameCube. Yeah. It's tricky because it's like, it's good because you're getting it for free with the, but it's Asterix because it's the Nintendo Switch online. And the price is increasing. Yes. We don't know how much. Oh, no. It's an extra tier. So you have your base tier. I think it's like 10 more bucks or something. 10 more? It's not just 10 flat? Jesus Christ. It's already a little bit more expensive than it should be. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I think, we'll but see. we'll have more information later in the month. Yeah. yeah. So, but. Act Razor, Renaissance remake. So, I just played play that game. I or even heard of it until oh. until now, but I, I know heard of it, but it looks I know well. its reputation now, obviously, cuz I looked yeah. it up, but it's like I didn't I never heard of it before that. It was a big game back when I was a kid. But I had like a small lizard, stupid kid brain, so I didn't understand the world building. Now that looks really so, hard for a kid, honestly. Yeah, I didn't have manuals, one of those blockbuster rentals. Oh, we play Act Razor. Everybody talked about Act Razor. And it's like, oh, first stage you're done. And it's like, now build a society. Yeah, there wasn't game and, facts or any walkthroughs back then. No, it's like you had to go to your friends, and your friends is just as dumb as you. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I actually might get that once I see it on sale or something. I'm pretty sure it's out already. Yeah, um, I got it. It was uh, released the day of um, the direct. Yeah, it it plays fine. I don't like some of the character sprites, the enemy sprites, and the remakes 
uh, characters. Like the boss sprites. They looked good. Oh, the boss sprites are, are the best. Yeah. The main but... characters, meh. Mm. But um, they redesigned the angel. The angel used to be like a naked little angel. Now it's more PC. Kind of like it's yeah, or more like Fujobay. Fujobay. So you'll you'll see when you play the game. It, other than that, it's fine. It's still kind of fucking hard as shit. Yeah, it looked hard, but I'm I, I like uh I like hack and slash, so we'll, I'll probably yeah. get into it. Uh, Delta in Chapter One and Two collection on Switch. Um, yeah, be cool. Yeah, I recommend you give it a shot if you have the free afternoon to and and you like sort of adventure battle classic games but then where you could also recruit the enemies or like befriend them too I guess Shimagami Tensei? Honestly <laughs> it's got a lot of like even in a genre where, where there is a lot of sort of similar similarities the, the writing and, and stuff I feel like that makes it, it stand out um, but we did get yeah. another Shimagami Tensei trailer if you want to yeah. just keep getting keep yeah. escalating your hype for the game even though it comes out soon so yeah. Um, Rune Factory 5 comes out March 2022. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, keep getting reminded Rune Factory 5 is coming out, but it's taking forever. Hey, uh, we got a date. In, in the so. meantime, if you want to play Rune Factory, they have Rune Factory 4 Special on Switch. Um, I didn't find anything special about it, but maybe you'll like it. Um, we, got, we got the Mario movie cast announcement which we have chris Pat- yeah, this, this is the, the easily the easily the thing that made nintendo direct 10 out of 10 the best the best it, like it, everyone everyone and their mother just laughed so hard the moment that the cast was announced so chris pratt is mario anya taylor Peach. i don't know her actually uh she 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 was the main character in Queen's Gambit, as well as the, some of the recent Shyamalan movies, like Split, and... Uh, I would watch those, so... And, uh... I also know she was the main character in, like, some re- some some successful movie in the UK, I think. Is it Jane or something? I don't know. Well, Charlie Day is Luigi, which I actually think was one of the good casts here. <laughs> Green Man! Hilarious. He, he, is, um, he is Green Man, and yeah. it's always sunny, so... Um, why wouldn't he be Luigi? Yeah, he has that personality. Jack Black as Bowser, which I'm kind of like, uh, maybe. Oh, is he gonna is he gonna do the same villain he did in Never Ending Story I'm not, Three? I don't. I'm not as big of a Jack Black fan as the rest of the world, so. Nah, neither Wait, am I, I. But he can be talented. But. I mean, like, honestly, who's been a Jack fan? A uh, Jack Black fan since like 2000. Uh, I, I, I probably, mean, probably people some stuff. School probably Rock. people, the people who like Kung Fu Panda. I don't like School of <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think what I've even seen him in, like, uh, I, I would say I wouldn't want Jack back as Bowser. I think Keegan would have been a better Bowser. Oh, that would have been oh, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah like... Keel is Toad. Um, or, yeah, Keegan yeah, is yeah. Keegan's Toad. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Hey, You get it so hard, and it, I think it really adds to the voice. It, it, like, it, I saw, I seen so many oh, okay. Key as Toad parody videos on YouTube where they just like either replace Toad's voice with Key, or they replace, or they 
replace Key's voice with Toad. And it's just so fitting. Uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. That's going to uh-huh. be... That Wait. made me think the movie's going to be rated R. <laughs> wait, like, wait unless like, there's unless no wait unless he's not talking he's just making uh just the grunts and monkeys six monkey noises oh, no. i mean yeah, like it, think I about vin diesel's i have vin diesel as i am gert yeah yeah like best but, role he ever played will, will he be a better donkey kong though than the donkey kong from that really bad canadian cartoon i think anything would be better <laughs> say, so they do have but Charles hey, DK has, DK has such a charming singing voice in the in the Canadian show though. What are you talking oh about? Oh my gosh. So they do have Charles Martinet as just listed as like additional character voices, so he's what? he's just gonna be given like well, the monkey friends or something. Probably because his voice I mean I think probably they just because want Chris Mario's Pat, gonna be talking but... all the time and he... they don't want Charles Martinet's voice to be like talking for Mario twenty four seven. I guess, but I don't know why. Why his voice too? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Mario never talks in the games because he like he does. He he no, I mean, I mean, like, 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 like with how like Super Mario Sunshine gave like all the characters like long voices except for Mario, and then they stopped doing that because they decided, nah, that wasn't that wasn't a good idea. Let's give him back to the voice effects. I feel yeah. like. Chris Pratt costs a lot more per line than Charles Martinet would. Yeah, it did. Yeah. But, but they probably just didn't think Charles Martinet would work very well when Mario has to do extended dialogues like he did like back in the when he played Go Fish with you. Please give me your threes. Oh, yeah. No. It's one of those investments. It's like basically the Twitch boost because uh, yeah. you go watch a movie. With, uh, Charles well, or you go watch a movie with Chris Pratt. I think a lot of people got inter- more interested when they saw Chris Pratt. Yeah. They were like, it's Hollywood casting. <laughs> somebody put like, um, I can't remember, but like somebody's like, oh yeah, it's, it sounds like a Nintendo just like typed in um, American actors and went to Google Images and just picked the first ones that came up. Who's the most popular among yeah. the kids yeah. these days? As, yeah. Adam Sandler as Waluigi, Danny DeVito right. as Wario. <laughs> that would be good. I, I could see Danny DeVito as Wario. Yeah, I'm curious to see who the Japanese cast is going to be for that movie. Yeah, like who, it subbed. Uh, yeah. Probably like Beat Takeshi is going to be in it. Oh uh, yeah, could be Bowser. Yeah, Beat Beat Takeshi as Bowser. Yes. Oh yeah, and Fred Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. That people really like that one. I noticed that Kamek, uh, Kamek, he actually got an actual voice actor to voice him. So okay. So, um, well, I, I think we've beaten that movie. To yeah, I know. Ever, everyone has beaten the Mario. No, we'll all watch it. It has gotten us interested, even if for the wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> like the um, Sonic movie was good. So maybe this one will be. We saw some more. Um, Platoon 3 gameplay and trailers, which looked good. Um, we saw some new special attacks, got some more lore. Um, I'm not a big Splatoon fan. I know I know Nick likes it, um, but... I was trying to. It's like... Uh, it's it's a game f- for, like, the, the teens. Like, it's very... Here's your fashion, here's know, your... You know... A lot of people are, like... I know a lot of people um, in my friend group play it. I just... I can't get into the multiplayer yeah. aspect of it. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I, I, Splatoon kind of lost appeal for me. I don't know. I, I feel unsympathetic. Uncom- I just yeah. I feel uncomfortable. Like the FBI's watching me if I play oh, this no. game. <laughs> um. Well, 
Well, the FBI won't watch you if they see you playing Bayonetta 3, which is also announced. Hey, that's not announced. We got a date, and they're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, we got a placeholder date for 2022. So I'm not going to, you know, put all my eggs in that basket. And I don't I'm know. Well, it's been like five fan. years. I'm not a Bayonetta fan anyway. So for me, I'm like, mm. but. I, I do plan to give it another shot. I, I played it when the first one came out on 360, like forever ago, and I just it didn't pull me. But. Yeah, I I, be, I I beat the first two Bayonettas, so I'll do Bayonetta three. I actually watched a live stream of Bayonetta one just to refresh my memory, and yeah, I, it's I I still enjoy the the game, but oh my god, it is hard as balls. The first one, at least, it, and it, and the and the quick time events were cheap. They were they were so cheap. Were yeah. Um, but that, that's the charm on it. But um, last well, Bayonetta two. Well, Bayonetta two made the game easier uh, as a result of that. Bayonetta's got a new hairstyle. Yeah, yeah I good. like her two hairstyle better. I like her with the short hair. Um, I actually didn't really care for the short hair one, but but longer hair means more. Yeah, yeah even more powerful, right? Yeah. Oh, we all know that her hair powers don't come from the hair on her head. Oh, that, moving on. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, TGS? Yeah, there was a couple TGS announcements. Uh, mm. Tokyo Game Show, if you don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the announcements don't have gameplay, so I don't. So that's why yeah. I'm not commenting we, on it. We got some. I think we saw some gameplay of Stranger Paradise, and then another like little cinematic clip. Um, yeah, but uh, from what I've heard of the chaos. They, De- people, they took some people play the demo, the demo and yeah. they're 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 putting out a new demo on October 11th, um, which I I believe is also going to be PS5 exclusive again demo. Uh-huh. Um, and we got Atelier Sophie sequel coming in 2022. I don't like Atelier games, so I yeah. don't care. But yeah, <laughs> but the, uh, from what I heard, Atelier this new Atelier I Sophie Atelier focuses games. on the. On the main characters from the previous games and a new adventure, I guess. At least, the, at least the Sophie side of things. I'm trying to remember which one. I think I played Sophie actually. Let me check. Oh one. no, they're just. So, uh, I don't know. I've tried multiple times, and I just yeah. I haven't played th- Sophie. Yeah, yeah, I brought it, never really played it. Yeah, the thing with that, I've only I only know a bit from like watching Atelier Riza streams. It's just it's a, there's a lot of grinding involved. Oh, you've never played one? Nah, I, I, di- I didn't have time. It's crafting all. Yeah, there's a lot of crafting. And when yeah. you don't yeah. have enough crafting materials, Alchemy. you grind it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty much yeah. So, yeah, you have to grind. You have to grind and craft stuff to like get the yeah. strongest High weapons. Quality and craft and more. Uh-huh. Rest, Hopefully, they put yeah. microtransactions to speed that up. Oh, oh yeah! It feels like it's a game that like draws you in with the art and the character. Ooh, pretty girls! And then it's I, mean, just, I mean, I mean, I mean, you tell a Rize girl uh, game got got attention for the girl's thighs. I remember that. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, there's definitely an audience for that, especially now that people know about it. But uh-huh. I just I can't get into it. It's too much. I, crafting is not something I want to do the whole game. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, now we have to do it all the time. Two thirds of the game, at least. Um, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak was was um, given a couple more trailers, and we saw the new hub and new monsters. Some of them were shown, and we got told it was coming to Steam in January. So, 
I don't have to buy it for Switch, thank God. Um, and we also got some emphasis, um, Capcom is putting more emphasis on the PC market, so which was, should have been obvious at this point, but um, since it wasn't obvious after the massive sales for Monster Hunter World, um, now they're, they're like, oh, maybe there is a market there. Okay. So I guess now, after the second time, they, they know to put more money into it. Um, Phil Spencer wants to increase their Japanese game lineup, I guess, for Game Pass, or just in general. But In general. Um, I don't know if that really means they want to get more on Game Pass and more available to their um, to their users, or if they want to actually collab with more Japanese studios for um, for failed projects like Scalebound. Um, so we will. I, it's a mixture of both. It's they're still trying to break into that Japanese market because there's money there. Yeah. So if they could start getting. Japanese studios to collab more with them, like Sega and New Genesis. <laughs> well, we've seen that Square Enix has been, um, you know, looking their way, and Sega, yeah, Sega, obviously, because we got all the Yakuza games on there now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna getting a lot of Square Enix interest. Um, yeah. I don't know. I said we because I'm not that user base at all. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hopefully, I, I'm always open for um, Scalebound coming back. Um, <laughs> I'll never let it go. It looks so good. Yeah. Um. So, the X Tango um E three fan favorite Takumi Nakamura is back in the news. She's working on uh, the Gun Grave sequel. Um, which I'm just now aware that Gun Grave me... gets games. Um, no, this is like the fourth game because they had a VR one. Yeah, that that's the only one I think I've ever seen. On I haven't heard of Gun Grave since the PS2 days. Well, basically since the show. Oh, that too, but but basically PS2 days. The last one I saw was the VR game that came out, and I heard it was kind of like not good. But it gets you sick. Um, like no sick, awesome, or just like like no ill ill. Okay, what the. With the framework. Okay. Oh, man. But yeah, always been a Gungrave fan. I'm excited. Yeah. It, it, it looks kind of janky, but um, I mean, that's she's, the charm of Gungrave. Yeah, I mean, I, she's pretty talented, and hopefully yeah. like, the team they're working with is, can pull it together for that. But um, in other news, another Tango news, they're working on a new game with the Evil Within 2 director, John Johannes. Um, which is cool because I loved Evil Within too. So um, hopefully, uh, I don't know if it's going to be an Evil Within sequel or it's going to be another new IP, but we'll see. Um, which brings me to Ghostwire Tokyo. We still don't really know when it's going to be released next year. But if they're planning a new game and announcing that they're working on a new game already, I would imagine we're going to see it Q2 next year, hopefully. Um, I don't know, but I really want Ghostwire Tokyo really bad. I want to play it. So it would have been great for this October, but I guess I guess they missed it. So Q two really is like the, the Tuesday of the year, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's their Super Bowl. Um, maybe Jamar can comment on this one a little bit more, but King of yeah. Fighters fifteen got a King of Fighters fifteen. They did two announcements on characters, a returning character K Dash, and Isla is gonna be one of the new mainline and Head characters for this version of King Fighters 15. Her design is actually pretty good. Her 
actual movements and stuff. It's kind of cool how SNK started embracing uh, more ethnicity characters, ethnic characters, and having one of them kind of being the main focal point in the story is pretty good. They all um, had a lot of like diverse characters in King of Fighters. Uh, well, we're talking more in the black, um, okay, African American or African. Okay, I, I might be getting it mixed up. I thought they had. Like, I think you're mixing Street Fighter with uh, Bellrock the boxer. Yeah, I think so too. But uh, gameplay looks good. There was a couple of videos online showing off uh, potential touch of death combos. So basically, that's when you um, kill somebody with one full combo, usually using the game mechanics and finishing it up with specials, um, which looks good. And um, no, I think a lot of people are actually excited about playing this. And this might be probably one of the more competitive King of Fighters games for a long time. So is King of Fighters 15 not out yet? Is the upcoming No, it's, it's next year. Okay. Wow. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, man, they're going to have to compete with that new Melty Blood, though. And uh, don't forget Nickelodeon uh, Brawl. Or, well, that's coming oh, up yeah, soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be at the top of the charts, though. Yeah, I mean, that actually looks pretty it good. Like they have put yeah a lot of like thought yeah. into the mechanics and stuff, surprisingly, for a game with Spongebob and uh, No, like they did their homework. Actually I was watching there's like some trailers out recently this past week for uh Aang and Korra then or two uh, and Toph actually is also yeah. uh gonna be in there too. Um they all seem really interesting, so hmm. we'll see. We're really uh, holding that license hostage for those characters. But Hey, if um, you have it, use it. That's a problem. They don't really use it that much. So no. um so, in Genshin 2.2 livestream news, there is uh, repeat banners announced for Chill Day in Hu Tao. Um, Toma is coming on the Hu Tao banner. Uh, so, everybody can take a break on the Chala banner, get some Prima Jump saved up for Toma and Hu Tao. Um, it's like, this I'm is the second, yeah, the second rerun for Tartaglia. Like, why, why does he get so much? Like rerun one like Albedo and other characters. One of the more unpopular banners. Um, um, yeah, yeah. From what I've seen, Child's fan base is like either re- like from what I've seen, pe- there are people who it's kind of split. People rather really like him or really don't. It'd be funny if Tama was on the same banner because they look like the fucking exact same model. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Um, yeah. So if you want to get budget Tama, you can roll on his banner first and then roll for Tama after. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to Telma because I need more fire characters, and maybe I can actually pull Hu Tao this time, not get another cooking. But uh-huh. um, we got some new hangouts coming, Sayu and Telma. Uh, I'm dreading it because I hate hangouts; they're too long. Um, yeah, I'll do it anyways. But I like suffering. Um, <laughs> An Inazuma teapot realm will be added. Uh, we'll get some more furniture fucking finally after like three patches. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been in Inazuma for two patches and there's been no real furniture except for like five from the reputation rewards. So I was like, what's going on? Come on. You get like one chair. And you have all these Inazuma <laughs> Thank you guys. characters uh, that you can add to your realm, but they don't have any benefits because there's no re- furniture sets that they agree with. So. It's kind of like 
halting my companion XP progress. Um, yeah, and there and there is a new Inazuma domain and island. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about for that. Um, if you're seeing this today, get your uh, Genshin stream codes in before they expire tomorrow. Nick. I almost always forget. Yes. I got him though. I, I logged you're, in you're just gems. earlier just today. Down the drain. Oh my God. It's almost more than the whole anniversary <laughs> reward. How, how much money is that actually? That's the five dollars or something. Maybe. So three times nine hundred uh Prima gems. I, I I don't buy them that often. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of rewards going on right now, so take advantage of it because you'll never see Mahoya this nice again for another year. Oh, so um, generous. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, outside of that, I think that's pretty much all of our game news. Why yeah. don't we uh, talk about some uh, damn events coming up? Uh, we're going camping on October eighth. I believe. I believe we're pretty much closed out on the registration for that. If you haven't, yeah, we are already. So, um, yeah. Have fun. Um, don't die. Yeah, have fun. Don't get attacked by a bear. Um, or if Jason. You do, um, if you do, you know, you know, in the regular like bear safety scenarios, send one person out as a sacrifice, and then everybody else run downhill. Yeah. If you're on a flat area, then just uh, you know, pretend. Yeah, don't climb a tree. I think, I think you're supposed to go like you're supposed to make yourself bigger, oh, bigger than the bear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But Is if the bear is debunked, I, I thought that was debunked. Oh, that was debunked several times. Like somebody got their ass kicked by a bear. <laughs> A bigger bear. See if it's a I don't think it works bear, against grizzlies and yeah, brown bears. Yeah, it's a totally different strategy than the brown bear. So first, you got step one is identify the type of bear, and yeah, and brown then bears don't usually fuck with people. No, it's black bears that don't fuck with what? people. Brown bears. Uh, so, no, brown, brown bears, bears will kill you. Okay, yeah, okay. So it's a good thing I'm not going because yes. we would probably die because I'd misidentify a bear. But yeah, just crawl up in don't, the ass ball and cry out because you'll attract. Bears. Bears, yes. Um, Get your anti-sea bear circle, yeah, and, and then you gotta wear the hat, and yeah, yeah. Um, so we got our fall 2021 um, season preview, which we talked about. Uh, that is on October 16th. And that's fully booked, like, in an hour. Yes. So, good luck still getting in. Um, Will that also be streamed on the Discord? Yes, they, we always do that. There you go. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. The quality, the recent, the, the, maybe unfortunately, tricky. unfortunately, yeah, there are quality issues, but you know, it is um, what it is. Cosplay karaoke nights on October twenty third. Uh, that is also waitlisted in Hell and Back. Uh, Nishi Fest October thirtieth. There shouldn't be a limit on that one. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, you could just get a ticket and go, um, unless the tickets sell out, which I doubt it. Because it's not really on a great weekend, in my opinion. But um, October or November sixth, we have the October anime discussion, which is in November. Because there's so much stuff going on in October. But um, yeah, uh, it's. I don't think it's too deeply waitlisted at this point. But by the time I post this, it probably will. So. Yeah. What? What? What's getting waitlisted? The discussion. Yeah, the discussion. Yeah, the that's 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 been wait. That's waitlisted already. It was waitlisted last oh, night. Yeah. Yeah, I meant. Like, I, I haven't signed deep. up. It's not too deep in yet. But. Well, it, there's like nine people on that waitlist. Yeah. So. It's been good because it's been like outside and it's been kind of yeah. kind of nice, but it's also yeah. a little hot. But maybe it won't be as hot now. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's pretty much all the events we got going on. Did you guys want to add yep. anything? Oh, yeah. my end. I'm going to be doing a special uh, D&D session coming up. So Maria's birthday is, is this month. And oh, nice. I'm doing yeah. one So like where she isn't the DM and she gets to be a player this time. But I'll, I'll be posting details about that a little bit later. Uh, yeah, that's, that's usually every two weeks from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. More frequent than our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, it would have to be because D&D kind of requires you to like keep coming back for, yeah, as you continue yeah. on the campaign. She's looking into, uh, yeah, starting up a, a long-form session. So most of these have kind of just been like one-shot uh, adventure that you finish in one session. Mm-hmm. But Try, uh, uh, trying to do like a, like longer campaigns and stuff, people I, are really interested. My, my work with, uh, might be a little bit easier with Gloomhaven. I don't know. Or Pathfinder. I don't know. Yeah, I think currently, though. yeah, we're using this uh, Roll20 website. Yeah, those are cool. It's, it's, I, I'm learning it myself then, so if I'm going to be the DM of this next one. Um, and it's, it's cool, but uh, yeah, in the future, once COVID and everything's yeah. over, we'll be able to do it in person. That should be fun. Too. Well, yeah. there is the, I don't know if you've seen it, there is the board game Sim on Steam. And if you get that, it's like, I think 15, 20 bucks. And okay. you can say, "Hey, simulate." Um, like it's it's basically Steam Workshop oriented, and people set up their own um, games. But you can act, it'll actually uh, emulate um, Gloomhaven, and you'll have all the things on the game board and everything. Ooh. Like it's pretty cool. Uh, I would look up some. I would look up some like videos on it. But I've done it yeah. with um, a couple games. Um, I think the last one we played, uh, we did. Um, we did we did try Pathfinder on it. It just got like a little too complex because we didn't know the rules beforehand. But but it, all the pieces are there like a real, real board game. But it just kind of depends on if the map mm-hmm. creator sucks or not. But we have the technology. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, I'll definitely look into that. But all right, um, thank you all for joining us for this episode. Right. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Okay, have a good one, see guys. Hey, right. see you guys. everybody welcome to a christmas themed duke of gaming podcast how's everybody doing this week i hope everybody had a wonderful week joining me is my fellow dukes of game
gaming. And first and foremost, we want to give a special shout out, I'm sorry, shout out to the Duke of Nostalgia, Taylor, for putting all this new graphics, the new intro, everything together. Just want to give a, you know, snap. Couple snaps. Thank you. Thank you. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. Thank you. This is the Duke of Nostalgia, Taylor. How you doing this week, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, Family's sick. I'm not. Uh, who knows what Christmas is going to be like this year? <laughs> another one of those years. Same thing with me. Yeah. We have also the Duke of Design. How are you doing, Ben? Excellent. I'm sad that I forgot my Santa hat. <laughs> oh, that was a Christmas-themed episode. <laughs> You're wearing in spirit. It's all good. It's all yeah, good. I got a, I got my green sweater, so it's there. We go. Yeah. That makes up for it. Green and sweater. of course we have the duke of education hope is hope is students are getting their you know their christmas break soon how are you doing alfredo oh they certainly are i'm doing doing pretty good just saw spider-man everyone should see it if they are yeah. a fan second that second that but this is a gaming podcast yeah Mm-hmm. And for this particular one, it's a Christmas theme game and podcast. So we're going to kind of go over our some of our Christmas memories, video game specific Christmas memories. Go over some of our favorite Christmas settings and games, games we associate with Christmas. But before we do any of that, what have we been playing this week? I guess I can start because um, really quick. I've been playing Halo. Been getting through Halo. I am maybe. I'd say like 80% from fully completing the game as far as like, you know, getting the hundred, um, I think it's thousand gamer score. I don't know. I'm still new to Xbox, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I have completed the story, completed most of the most um, important side missions in the game, unlock pretty much everything you can unlock as far as weapons, vehicles. And yeah, you'll, you'll hear my thoughts when we do our game of the year, but man, if this isn't a, great game this is such a well-made game and truth be told i think taylor you would like it a lot for one reason i think it it feels almost as if they let you know they took some inspiration from far cry okay it's there's a lot of far cry in this which when i started it i wasn't for sure how i was gonna feel about that but there's a lot of far cry and a lot of breath of the wild as well as far as traversing, as far as using your grapple hook to get up mountains, kind of similar to how you're climbing mountains in Breath of the Wild. It's that same logic of, you know, I think I can get up there and I'm going to try everything in my tool belt to get up there. Um, There's a lot of that mixed with that far cry going, capturing bases and everything. So if you are even remotely, you know, you love role-playing role games, open-world games. If you like open-world games even a little bit, I'd recommend you check it out. I do, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't played, I haven't played a Halo in a while. so I, I hadn't played a Halo game at all as far as, like, just by myself besides, like, co-op with friends. I had not played one since 2004, maybe. Oh, and wow. So, yeah, Jeez, and so I can't... <laughs> Yeah, and so I came fresh, you know, just I played the original Halo games using the Master Chief collection when I got my Xbox. But, you know, even then, I don't feel like I needed to play those to play this. Hmm. That's like, good to know. Feel, yeah, it feels like obviously there's story stuff, but Halo is not Shakespeare. Like, it's not, I don't think you're it's, if you don't understand the story, it's not the end of the world. Halo lives and dies off its gameplay. And just based on the ones I played, this is 343's best 
Halo game. Um, it's a crowning achievement for them. Um, they've set themselves up to make sequels to this game. I don't know if it's going to be Halo Infinite 2 or anything like that, but I am very curious as to the direction of this franchise going forward. That's, so that's pretty much what I've been playing. Also, beat Guardians of the Galaxy, but I talked about that already. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Nice. Oh, I did want to ask a question. How are you doing in Shin Megami Tensei 5? I just got it. Oh, okay. Um, so I am, I believe, like maybe 40% done. And so I knew I was like, what I can't that, play this. 50 hours? <laughs> um, like 30. Okay. Yeah, so I can't Close. play, I can't play, I couldn't play that in Halo at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, like, I need to get through Halo. Once I get through Halo, I'll feel a lot better playing Shin Megami Tensei. Because that's a time, that's a time sinker of a game. Okay. So I'm going back to it. Um, I hope to complete that before 2022 starts, but with RPGs, you never know. Um, exactly. But yeah, I love that game. Big commitment. Yeah, right I love that game. I'm glad you got it. So we can definitely maybe have a talk about it on um, what you oh, get farther sure. in. Yeah. How do you like it so far? Uh, I like it a lot. I died and I was like, oh, this is hard and I like it. <laughs> that didn't happen in Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> I was unprepared. Right. Ooh, um, since you have the floor, what else have you been playing? Uh, besides that, because I'm only about like an hour. I lost like 30 minutes of progress because I died, obviously. So I'm like oh, 30 minutes all... in. You learned, you right learned very quickly. So. You learned very quickly to save at yeah, every yeah. point. Like, <laughs> it takes, I feel like everybody plays that game and there's one time where they didn't save and you're like, well. Yep, I know that was me. Um, but aside from that, what I'm actually trying to do is play a lot of my older PS4 games, replaying a lot of games because I want to get ready for their sequels. So the one that I'm playing currently is Horizon Zero Dawn. And um, this was one of my favorite games when it first came out. I loved it way more than Breath of the Wild. Surprise, surprise, if you know my hot takes about Breath of the Wild. But uh, yeah, I thought it was just so much better than Breath of the Wild. I love the open world. I love, obviously, the robot dinosaurs, the action. I loved everything about it. So revisiting this world and seeing, uh, is this game actually as good as I thought it was? Is a very interesting experience. So the cool thing is that I get to play it on my PS5 with all of the uh enhancements that they have now come out with which is basically updated visuals for ps5 and the 60 fps patch so you know you get all the benefits there but as far as playing the game i can definitely tell you i'm pretty far in about 11 hours in and i could definitely say that the story is definitely as good as i remember i really really love how they basically take their story and split it up into two basically um intertwining stories where you're basically trying to figure out okay how did this world come to be as like a side story but it's still like integrated into the main missions and then the main story of okay there's a robot up up rising happening and you got to stop it so i i don't think i've ever come across uh a story that that i can remember at least interwoven those two two completely different storylines so effortlessly so i'm really enjoying that and all the characters that come with that but i'm definitely noticing a lot of gameplay intricacies let's say or questionable gameplay mechanics that have definitely creeped their way into it especially now experiencing some of the best open world games that we have now things that have come out uh, such as Ghost of 
Tsushima and just basically any other open world game. And the very, very first thing that I noticed was one, the combat is just bad, which I already knew. I remember the combat, the hand-to-hand combat being really bad. I was about to ask, okay. So you yeah, mean the, the melee the, combat? Yeah, yeah the melee terrible. combat yeah. specifically. Yeah. I remember it being bad, so I wasn't surprised about that. But there is some other questionable things like, huh, the climbing in this game is not good at all. There's, if you guys go up back and play, you'll notice that things that you should definitely be able to grab onto, you just can't. So, like, there will be a ledge that, you know, Ayla is next to, and you jump to it, and she'll just slide right off. Like, it oh. should definitely be grabbable and climbable, but it's just not, because I guess they just pre... In this vast, vast open world, you can't climb up cliffs as normal. You can just do the select cliffs that they want you to climb up which is a very, very odd experience, uh, especially with all the other open world games that we have. And then just in general, the the open world feels kind of empty, especially when you consider Ghost of Tsushima, where like the the world is so big, but they do a really good job at making you feel like, oh, there's a lot of different things to do. With this, it's more... With, Horizon Zero Dawn is more of, okay, the world is big, but I would rather fast travel everywhere than experience, oh, this side path that will take me down this or this side story or anything like that. So I'm really loving it still because it definitely feels like a epic odyssey, which I think is, there aren't too many games like that. It feels like I'm playing The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, uh, which is all I can ask for, really. So I'm still really enjoying it, but definitely... <clears throat> definitely noticing you know the improvements that they can and hopefully will make in their sequel that will only be out in like two months so i'm excited yeah, i mean it. the climbing has changed that was one thing they highlighted in that um state of play i believe it was yeah yeah they highlighted that you can climb other surfaces than yeah the, i just didn't the, realize yeah. how bad it was in the i noticed game. it off i noticed it very when i first played it because i was playing breath of the wild at the same time mm-hmm. and so i was like well breath of the wild it's like a completely opposite experience where right. it's like anything's climbable mm-hmm. as long as you have the stamina this game, it's like, oh, if you don't see that yellow little thing, exactly. I don't know exactly <laughs> the yellow outline. If it's not yellowed color, that means you can't grab onto yeah. it. Basically, <laughs> it's the most video gamey thing about mm-hmm. that game. But yeah, I do. I played maybe like four hours of it once the patch dropped for sixty frames. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I agree with you for the most part. It still holds up. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think that. It. Yeah, I think the only thing that I can say as far as for the world, they did a really good job with the world building, except when it comes to the open world. Yeah. And I I compare it directly to Witcher 3. Where Witcher 3, they build that world up very well. Mm -hmm. But also you can see it in the actual world, how in-depth the world is. Where you're going to just a random shack Mm -hmm. and you find like a page of a book that describes something that happened in... um, Varen, or I forgot the names of the towns, but it's like everything is kind of interconnected and the world is helping tell the story. Right. Where exactly. Horizon, it's just the narrative. Yeah, it's just but the, the narrative, narrative, but they mm. do a really, really great job at all of their yeah. characters. So if they could just up the ante in the second one and, you know, do the Witcher wild hunt thing where you know you have all of these different side characters and they intertwine into the main story, then I think they'll be golden. Yeah, I think Horizon benefited from the fact that a lot of the games that we're comparing it to hadn't come out yet. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're carrying Breath of the Wild. I compare it to something like Halo, where Halo is, you know, it's open world as well, and you can freely travel anywhere. I think that's a post Breath of the Wild thing, right? Where yeah. you're tra- like vertically traveling and everything. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that was really, you know, Skyrim kind of, it's kind of Skyrim, but even Skyrim's like not like climbing wise. I don't remember much climbing in Skyrim. Yeah. So yeah, I think that we it's unfair to compare it, but. At the same time, it's a reality that the game has not aged as well as other games. So it is what it is. Great game still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think any games have aged well. Secretly, Tetris. <laughs> no, none. None. If you play a game, because your brain, your brain fills in those gaps. You're like, oh, that game was so cool, and you go back every single time you go back to a game. You're a little bit disappointed. Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Last of us did that's, that that's true that's true except for spider-man spider-man yeah, i know <laughs> I, I i go back to that game i'm like nope none that change not a thing i'm, I'm surprised this is coming from the duke of nostalgia you should yeah i know i know yeah. it's, it's like no he's like, a no master best. of nostalgia that's why he knows yeah mm. exactly see if you go if you go so far back you can't be disappointed by those games because you're like oh yeah secret of mana that's not going to be the smoothest gameplay it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be streamlined, but you know that going in. You go into play Zero Horizon Dawn. You're like, oh, that game came out like what two years ago. It's gonna be it great. Be good. And then it's it's there's little things that you notice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will I will argue with you though that Game Boy Advance and SNES games are timeless for the most part. Mm, sure, sure. A lot, most like, if I think of like the really like classic old SNES. Game Boy games, I would say they hold up still pretty well. Yeah. I think besides that, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you're filling in the blanks for a lot of those early 3D graphics. (laughs) Yeah. PlayStation, I'm like PlayStation one, two, three, even like all of them. And the the reason I'm thinking about this, of course, is because of GTA, the remastered (laughs) definitive edition. (laughs) Have you been playing more of it? I've been I've been playing a little bit of it. Go ahead and talk talk about it. I, I don't really have much to say since I haven't played a lot of it this week. But uh, 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 Vice City's good. I never, I haven't played that in so long. Vice City's they 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 did a good job doing Vice City. I think a lot of people jumped in and just went, "Oh, look at these ugly people! They all look ugly." And I'm like, "There's you know, video game characters always look ugly." So, well, they really them. messed up San Andreas. <laughs> that's when I, I that's, that's the that's one that people. Played. They saw San Andreas and they said, I no, we're it all up. <laughs> Man, but I, I played it. So I played I played maybe three hours of it, and I'm like, they really did destroy CJ's brother. Yeah, like, he looks <laughs> he looks like Jabba the Hunt. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> he looks horrible. I'm like, you know, why did y'all do this? With the with the clarity of the load, um, the load times between like graphics, you see. You see side characters so much. I didn't. I don't remember seeing. From what I can tell, in San Andreas, there were like three models. Those are the only three models uh, that have. There's a guy eating pizza. There's a prostitute, and then there's some some guy walking around like doopa doopa doo. And it's the same three over and over and over again. That game. I, it's it's not even it's not even uh it's not even their fault for making it like that because it's just antiquated it's just not good yeah those games don't hold up that's a that's a very fair that's, sure. that's a very fair yeah. opinion what, what well, else we'll also you, buy and play it yeah who else have you been playing this week taylor that's it that's it yeah 
let us move to Ben. What have you been playing this week, sir? I got a random itch. Maybe maybe because I've been I just watched Squid Game. <laughs> Great show. I got a an itch to go back to Danganronpa, but I had already platinumed Danganronpa one and two. So the only game in the main series that I hadn't platinumed was V3. And uh, I had made a promise to myself back in 2017 when I first played the game. Great game. Really loved it. But I made a promise to myself that I was not going to go for the Platinum because of these stupid mini games that are so frustrating (laughs) and difficult. And you have to like S rank them, like just do them flawlessly, basically, in order to progress that stupid taxi game god yeah the taxi Ugh. game yeah the t- there's the taxi game there's a, the game where you have to like crush the blocks in order to reveal all the fish and it's don't know why not, they added that they're not fun they're not really very fun at all um and it's especially not fun to have to have to get like perfect scores on them mm. but i just decided to bang it out so i did in like two days and i knocked those i knocked those out you play the whole game in two days? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no! I, 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 I yeah. Like, what? I jumped in for my previous save, which which already completed the main yeah. game. Um, so I just was cranking on those mini games for two days. Yeah, because the game is like thirty hours. Yeah, 40? It's long. yeah, it's like thirty. They're to 40 each hours. pretty sizable. Yeah, they're each like forty hours long. Yeah, V three I think is the longest one by far, though. Um, so yeah, uh, the other annoying mini game in Danganronpa V3 is this whole kind of dungeon crawler meets board game ish thing. That is, we're talking about the main game being 40 hours. I'm, I'm in for probably 40 to 50 hours of this mini game in addition to the main game. Just for the platinum, just for the platinum. So I, I love the Danganronpa games. I think they're fantastic. I think they're so unique and interesting. I forgot how pervy they were, <laughs> though. <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty like fan servicey. And I, I when I booted it back up, that was one of those things where it's like it stuck out to me like a sore thumb. I'm like, wow, I don't remember <laughs> this. Uh, but aside from that, I really, I really enjoyed them. And uh, except for these fucking mini games, and, and like they are. I don't know why, like, why did they decide to make something so arduous and to, and something that consumes so much of your time on top of this game that has absolutely nothing to do mm-hmm. with this extra stuff? It's it's like total non sequitur. I always figured it was to make give you more content because if I remember correctly, V3 is was the first next-gen version, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the first one that they had on on consoles. Uh, so that, I always assumed that was why they just like it's the we have to put as much as possible. We need to put as much as possible to maximize the time. It's a new console, new, yeah. and, I, and I I never liked it, but, but I got it. I never so, I was never upset about it. The game is so long already. Yeah, like, why do you? Oh, need I agree it? with you. It's my it's my least favorite, especially after playing one. I never played one before. Um, I played two, and I two's my favorite. But one, I'm like, yeah, one is just as good as two to me. Three is the one where I'm like, there's just too much. It's like, it's as far as for the story, it's still that same quality. But yeah, there's too much stuffing. There's too much yams. There's not enough turkey. Yeah. There's not enough shit. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's not enough protein, you know? Or maybe yeah. there is enough, but there's just too much of the side stuff as well. There's I think too much of everything, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely I feel that because because one and two had had these types of mini games. They were like very pared down versions of what's in V three. Mm-hmm. They they expanded V 3s mini game to be the um like a full standalone game. That's what Danganronpa S is. Yeah, I saw um, that. It's like thirty. Yeah. It's like thirty dollars standalone too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, this this mini game that I'm playing in V three is is pretty sizable. You know, you know, like I said, I mean, it's going to take me longer probably to to satisfy the requirements of the trophies I have left in this mini game than it took me to get through the whole main story, um, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy. I mean, like the ratio there something's wrong the mini games in one and two took me probably half the time of the main story which is still a long time for mini game extra stuff but mm. it's just well, a lot but i'm already in it so i'm i'm committed and that's what i'm doing gotcha well i guess that kind of goes we were talking about it pre-game but what are some of our least favorite mini game unnecessary mini games in a video game cool um i think oh sorry you got you got one on no 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 i'm thinking the puzzles in spider-man 2018 don't don't say that those are amazing i love those puzzles i like like the puzzles i like the puzzles i love honestly whenever i got to do them like it was like that because it was it honestly (laughs) placed them at such strategic times because it was like like we've been doing a lot of action it's been a lot of story stuff and then peter's like oh i gotta fix the octa um, Octor, um, Dr. Octavius's legs. Let me do this little mini game. And it's like, I, I always appreciate it because there was three different ones, if I remember correctly. And they all yeah. just were, um, to me, they were not hard at all, but they were challenging. Yeah. So yeah, I remember I, that. Too. So I never, I, I never minded. I remember um, that was a requirement for the platinum. I was like, oh, I already did that. Mm-hmm. I yeah, was like, I, looking, do I, I, I need like, to do the platinum? And I was like, oh, I already completed these. The puzzles weren't bad. They were just, they just felt totally. Tedious. Yeah. Just I have the right answer. <clears throat> I have the right answers. There's two. And they're both, they're both the biggest, most important. The, the, the games. When you think of video games, you think of these two characters. They're Sonic and Mario. And Sonic's mini games are those stupid little ball 3D world things. That's the right answer. And that sucks. That's so That's right. stupid. <laughs> and Mario's mini games are those like random chance. Uh, those are those are fine. No, those, they're such a waste of your time. Those are you're, fine. No, no, no. You're playing a game of Mario. They made Sonic because you wanted to run through Mario real fast. You're running through Mario. You're squashing Goombas here and there, and then all of a sudden you, you stop. You beat a level. You stop. You got to wait for this little timer to tick down, and then you win uh, nothing. You you never win anything in those games. I won hundred points. <laughs> oh, oh, who uses coins in Mario? <laughs> Which is like one life, right? Yeah. yeah it, no, no. Those those Sonic and Mario don't deserve don't I'll, deserve any of that. I will add Batman to the list because I'm sorry. I'm one yeah, of those Batman's, I'm yeah. one of those people that Arkham Knight was almost ruined due to those um tank missions. Oh, I, I don't think yeah. you can count that as a mini game, though. Those were so you had to do it. Those are, I mean, those are part of the game. Just, I think the they're a mini. I think they're a mini game because they're they're not the core combat. They're not the core combat. They, not they the core aren't they though? The because combat. it made you use that goddamn Batmobile. <laughs> if you really deduce how much you, I feel like it's like maybe twenty percent of the game you're doing those. Hey, like, quick, yeah, quick, so compared like, to everything else you're doing, it's like twenty percent. Hey, there's it's a lot like of vitriol going on. 
a lot of vitriol real quick i just want to say happy holidays matthew bliss mm-hmm. happy holidays hey, happy holidays. We're, all, we're all riled up but you you know it's, it's like the 20 scene. percent uh batmobile 40 percent predator 40 percent combat right? which one's predator so, is predator the tank mission predator no no predator is the stealth mission right okay gotcha yeah no that because i didn't mind the batmobile stuff per se it was just the tank missions the i tank don't missions I, I are really, just I like i really don't think those count as yeah mini, i can't i can't call those a, a mini game yeah. I, I, I thought you were gonna talk the about the game like, i thought you were gonna mention like the, 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 the riddler the riddler missions are kind oh, of the, yeah that's those that's more collecting that's like open yeah world collecting. That's i want to say that's a mini game i feel like the tank missions are mini games because they're they just happen randomly they and it's like once you're done with them, you get them maybe in the next hour. That's the main thing I remember about that game. But that's that I feel like that's not fair to it because the no, game that's not the game. <laughs> that's like I individual mean, parts of it, but for the most part, you are just doing Batman stuff. That's the one part that's just like random. I think the problem is you're just doing the Batmobile stuff too much. Like as even though you're doing the Batman stuff, it's just like the Batmobile stuff is too much to be fun. Sounds like we need a book club for for <laughs> Batman. <laughs> <Arkham Sally. laughs> uh, I haven't explored that game in so long. Oh, Back to I, mini games, though. Yes, mm-hmm. the Batmobile does not count as a mini game. <laughs> I'm fair enough. That. Fair enough. I'm, I'm uh, carving that in stone. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people complain about the Bioshock hacking minigame, like the Pipe Dream. Oh, gunner. yeah. That, yeah, like, sucks. yeah. I like that. I like it. I like I like that one. I didn't so, love uh, it. I didn't you know lo- what game I got through it though. It wasn't yeah, I didn't have a same. complaint about it. You know what game that I love that had a really terrible hacking minigame? Is it Prey 2017's? Oh, I never played that one. Is obnoxious. It is obnoxious. You you're like a little dot. And you have to basically just go through a maze. But every time you hit a wall, you don't die when you hit a wall or anything like that. But you bounce off the wall really violently. So it's just like <laughs> constantly running into walls and bouncing all around. Oh, it's, so it's, it's so it's, frustrating. Uh, it's, it's that surgery game. It's uh, oh, Operation. Operation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Except instead of like getting zapped, you just bounce off the that's wall. Stupid. <laughs> oh, wow. That's stupid. That's stupid. Okay, also, Cyberpunk. A... Cyberpunk as well. They have the little hacking mini game. Oh, is it kind of like that one? No, it's like you're finding like numbers in a row that are alike. You're basically it's like almost like it's trying to simulate real hacking, even though it's not. Well, I didn't Cyberpunk, hate... Cyber Cyberpunk had a skip. Yeah, they have a skip. The hacking scene. I just thought it was so easy that I was, and you get points for doing it. So I was like, oh, it's easy, but it was very tedious because it's all the time. Yeah. Mm. So like, what about? Shout out to Bethesda lockpicking minigame that is in all oh, of their games. I like, yeah. I like I that minigame. <laughs> they and honestly, the, I thought like they pioneered that, right? Because I've seen other games do that. I, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. They should have patented yeah, that. It, it started in Elder Scrolls for sure. Um, and also the the Fallout like computer terminal minigame. I used to mm. like the first couple of times I played Fallout 3, I had no idea what the fuck was going on <laughs> with that mini game. Like I didn't bother to read the directions. <laughs> so I would just guess words at random. And if I didn't get it within the like three or four tries that it gives you, I would quit out before I locked out the terminal <laughs> and then just try again. I definitely did that yeah. too. <laughs> I haven't played that game in so long. I love that game because that was set in DC. So I, I played that game hella. Yeah. Mm. Before before we move on, I have mm-hmm. a, a very controversial one. Uh-oh. And it doesn't just stick to one game. It's a lot of games do these mini games. And 
it's the card games. So like Gwent, the Final Fantasy card games, like mini games, like all of that. I just think it's so. Well, are they bad? Because Gwent's great. One, I, not not bad, just not my favorite. I just think like they're so unnecessary. I didn't come to play this card game. I came to play well, the main game. But they're not like mandatory, the right? Game. Like they're just like some of them are. Some of the, especially the Final Fantasy ones, they make you put like which, specifically which Final Fantasy Nine in particular uh, makes you do a card oh, tournament. Right. Tournament. Yeah. Now I do like I do like the one in Final Fantasy Nine, so I don't mind it as much. But at the same time, I'm here to kill monsters. Okay, like I don't want to play your card game. Don't make me don't don't make me do the tutorial, Witcher. Don't make me play it one time. No, I don't want to play it. <laughs> that's that's fair. And Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade has a little... It's like a... It's a weird... Like a, 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 a castle defense or something, right? Yeah, it's like a weird castle defense card I game. I really like, like that game. Yeah, that was weird. Um, <laughs> I played everything people, in there. People play that like they learn how to play it. It's very weird. Well, shouts out to them. Yeah. Uh, I liked playing cards in Red Dead. Poker, oh, yeah. Man, yeah, there's no reason okay. not to play poker in Red Dead because that makes you feel fucking cool. So I need a game to put mm-hmm. blackjack in. I'd I'd probably put a lot of hours in if they put blackjack in. You put a, in there. You make a James Bond game with card game sub a casino royale game? Stop. Casino Royale Stop. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stop. Give me one of those. <laughs> what if that's what um what um Hitman. the Hitman guys are working yeah. on? A casino Royale. <laughs> they might be day one. Day one for me. Oh man. So Let's get to our topic theme of the show, which is Christmas. So I feel like when it comes to Christmas, like it means a little different to gamers. Is that fair to say? It's a different feel. Um, I feel like, you know, when you think a lot of times us as kids, we would get like consoles for Christmas or games for Christmas. So I kind of just want to go over What's some of our favorite Christmas memories? Video game Christmas memories, be specific. And okay. anybody can start. I'll start with a nostalgic one because there's nothing more Christmassy than nostalgia. Okay. My favorite Christmas gift ever was when I received my Game Boy Advance. I wanted the fuck out of a Game Boy Advance. Um, I was so excited to get one. And my parents, it was like the only time they ever tricked me. They said, we didn't get you one this year. We're so sorry. We didn't get you. We didn't get you a Christmas present. I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know what? I'll be, I'll be a little, I'll be a grown up about it. Whatever. I'll get whatever I get. And surprise, surprise, they got me a Game Boy and the Game Boy card reader, the ESP reader, which maybe i had never heard of it they only bought it because the walmart salesperson was like hey you can get this thing you can swipe your cards on this and plays games and i got i got the game boy with pokemon sapphire i think good pick i didn't play that i didn't play pokemon sapphire right away i played that e-reader, the e- the e-reader games, because I had a bunch of cards that came with it. You could swipe. You got a bunch of like old Donkey Kong and Pac-Man games, and I was like, these old games are pretty dope. I'm all about this this Donkey Kong game. I'm all about Pac-Man. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a great 
getting getting games for Christmas is always fun. Um, yeah, I uh, I've got my. Uh, I know my cousin won't ever listen because she's ten, and I don't think my aunt lets her use the computer. But I got her Mario Kart Eight for her Switch. She she's over Animal Crossing. She's over Pokemon, but she's all about Mario Kart. I'm like, who isn't? It's a great game to just have. Everyone should have Mario Kart. So I'm getting her that, and I'm like, games are good gifts. Games are good gifts. They're easy gifts, mm-hmm. especially They're when easy. you can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's like true. in a pandemic. That's true for sure. For sure, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Game Boy Advance. I don't think I got that for Christmas, but yeah, that I got a lot of Game Boy Advance games for Christmas for sure. That was sure. a go-to for my mom. You know, I never got games for Christmas. Really? The old people in my family didn't know how to buy games. <laughs> what do you mean um, how to buy them? <laughs> you just I know what he money? means. They didn't know I what, what to buy. They didn't know what to buy. Oh, okay, okay. So they they would just like, my grandmother would take me to Sears in the mall and be like, oh, we'll stop by GameStop. What game do you want for my birthday? Never for Christmas, but... So, okay, got you, got you. Um, I have a kind of, not long story, but it, there's a lot of layers to my story. So, it is, I'd like to say the 5th of December, because two days after my birthday. I am at KB Toys with my grandfather. Ooh, what a store. What a store. I think it's still around in Canada, I believe, but not here, I don't think. So I'm at KB Toys. This is 2004. So the PS2 had been out, I'd like to say, maybe like three years or so, three, four years. I've been craving it. I've had a GameCube. I've had, I've you know experienced my GameCube, played the Essentials on there. I want to go to the big boy console. You know, I want this PS2. My grandfather says, we, we're buying a PS2 for your cousin. Because his PS2 broke. And I'm like, all right. So we buy the PS2 there. And I'm like... Okay, I think this is for me. I think he's lying. I'm like 90% sure he's lying, but I'm not 100% sure. (laughs) It gets to Christmas. I see there is games, and you know, I don't know if you were when you were kids, like when you look under the Christmas tree, kind of like look at what each individual gift yeah, you have. Kind of looks like, oh, that's a right? game case. So I'm I seeing, a, I'm seeing a bunch of cases, and I'm like, either these are DVDs or I got a PS2, <laughs> and these are my PS2. <laughs> I don't see the PS2 box though, so I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't. <laughs> hopefully, they just bring it out. You need to check those closets. Christmas Day comes, and my mom looks panicked for some reason. I'm like, okay. So we go open presents, and I get a PS2 game. Yugi, I'll never forget. It was the Yu-Gi-Oh game for PS2. Oh, I had that one. Yeah, it was a bad. It was something really about game. the Ro- Duel of the Roses or something. Yes, it was a very horrible game. Yep, <laughs> very horrible. I might have to replay it one day. It was so horrible, but. I get that game and I get Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I believe, but no PS2. There's no <laughs> PS2. And I'm like, so I'm like, and she's like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> what? I'm losing it. I'm just like not having a good Christmas because all I got were clothes and PS2 games. <laughs> and so she comes in my, I'm all, I have an attitude. 
And she comes <laughs> in my room and she says, you have all the right to have an attitude. Your grandfather got you a PS2. I don't know where he is. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so honestly, I was just like, "All right, so we, all right, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm calm down. And everything." He shows up like maybe three hours later with the PS2 and so, and so I'm like, "All right, all right." So smooth sailing. Next is getting games because the games she got me were kind of bad. But, but hold on, <laughs> hold on. Go ahead. Well, where was your grandpa? What yeah. Was the PS2? What was he yeah, doing? Was he my, Did he have the box it back up before he Nothing on a sad note. My grandfather was suffering from uh, early dementia. Yeah. Wow. Gotcha. There's a lot of stories like that. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of stories like that, to be honest. Like there's yeah, one yeah. story where we were going to Popeyes and there's two windows, and he paced at the first window and just drives off <laughs> like full speed. <laughs> and I'm just looking at him like, what, what are we doing here? And then we get to my grandma, we get to my grand, my grandparents' house, and my grandma has a whole feast prepared. And she's like, why do you have Popeyes? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got the food. Right. And so, yeah, but there are a whole bunch of stories like that where it's like before, you know, it got serious. It was just yeah. funny stuff like that. Right. And this was one of the funny things where he just he just lost track of time with all the Chris. He had like all the Christmas gifts for me and my family, like thirty <laughs> gifts in his Cadillac. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, cool. but um, I got my PS2. It's up. I think at like six o'clock that day, and so I'm like, all right. So these games my mom got me kind of sucked. She doesn't <laughs> know video games. Um, that's all fair. So never I need do. to figure out how to get some mm. more video games. So I go to GameStop and I bring, I have, I want to say I brought like 40 games to GameStop to trade in. Yeah. Do y'all want to guess how much they were going to give me for all those games? <laughs> sure. I have, I'll say $17. <laughs> you, all right. Anybody else? Is it, is it like, uh, is it like Price is Right rules where if you're over, <laughs> you don't get, you don't win it? Sure. <laughs> sure. All right. I'm going to guess $35. 35 Okay. I'm gonna so guess. Seven, you said seventeen. You said thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just. I'm gonna guess a nice solid uh, twenty. Twelve. Oh, oh we all lose. We, we I was gonna lose. say twelve first, and then I was like, "No, that's too little." No, you 17. weren't. I swear, I was gonna say my, twelve. I swear. <laughs> my my grandma took me. I. I, I almost was in tears. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. I was I had like Knights of the Old Republic on my mind. I had I had like visions of grandeur. <laughs> so I, I, le- I left there with I think she she bought me a game out of pity. I forgot what game it was, but she bought me like a Lego game out of pity. Because she was like, dang, that's sucks. <laughs> You got 40 games here, and they're going to give you $12. But. Yeah, I think I remember those days. I tried to say, uh, I tried to trade in, like, two games, and they gave me, like, they wanted to give me, like, it was, like, $1.50 each. And then they it resell ridiculous. it for, like, $20. Exactly. <laughs> like, we go to the case where the exact same pre-owned game, and it's, like, $30. Uh, and GameStop so ruined a lot of Christmases. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that's my overall memory, just maybe getting a ps2 and then not getting a game from gamestop so that's mine nice i'll go next uh so for me it's a little bit different because my family doesn't or my immediate family doesn't really celebrate christmas but my grandmother used to 
uh, on her side. So what we would do when we were in New York is that for Christmas, we, my mother would travel us to New York City where my grandma lived and we would basically spend the night over her house and she would have a Christmas tree and she would make Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner and basically all of our mom's side like our aunts and uncles for that side would get us gifts under the tree. So my mom kind of did it, but we were, we were more there for the delicious food because it was so good. Um, But the presents were a bonus because, but the thing is the presents would always just be, Oh, here's socks. Here's pajamas. Like it was that type of thing. They didn't do electronics. What, when is that? No. Like you guys said, old people don't don't know how to shop for video games or mm-hmm. really any electronics. So or anything. Oh, exactly. Yeah. They don't know anything. Old they see stuff on the TV. You know, they call the number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So this Christmas, I had previously. I think it was the year two thousand. It was somewhere around there. I was like six. And I had just gotten a PS1 like earlier that year, I want to say. And the new Mega Man game had come out. Mega Man Legends, I believe is what it was. The new Mega Man game just came out. I wanted it so badly, but I had to wait all the way to Christmas to at least ask for it for one of my aunts or uncles or grandparents to buy it for me. So I waited until that faded day. And my grand, uh, my uncle ended up getting it for me and i just remember just the whole night because i was two out like two or three hours away from my house didn't have my ps1 there couldn't play it just could just look at the manual when they actually included manuals look at the manual over and over again look at the back of the case over and over again just envisioning you know me actually getting home and to play this game so when i finally did i realized how hard that game was and i don't think i ever finished it but that was probably the only video game i have ever gotten for christmas just because we like we said grandparents don't know how to shop for video games in the first place and my family doesn't really celebrate it that much so yeah that was the first and only christmas i did not get and clothes for and i actually got something i wanted (laughs) and that's why that's why your your manifesto says down down with christmas no more Mm -hmm. christmas exactly yeah, we've all Christmas read Christmas is canceled for everyone. manifesto. Real life Grinch here. Real life Grinch. <laughs> I have a story that's sort of similar to Thomas's. I um my family was not really into video games all that much. Haha, <laughs> mom and dad, I'm a game designer now. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, mom and dad. Suck it. <laughs> suck it. That's why your uh, manifesto is <laughs> suck it. Uh so my family wasn't really into video games for a long time. We had a like PCs, so we would we would get occasional PC games. It wasn't like we had no games, but my parents specifically didn't like us to have consoles in like the family room area because they thought it was it was just going to be too much of a distraction. Sure. Um so I you know years years go by and I'm whittling them away bit by bit. I'm like it would really be great to be able to play all these games that everyone else can play and, and have, you know, like beyond multiplayer and all that kind of stuff. Um, things that they would support, you know, socializing over the internet, that kind of thing. Uh, so eventually like we chip them away bit by bit, my sister and I, and like one year it's a Wii 
And I'm like, okay, that's that's pretty good. Uh, you know, the Wii's the Wii's all right, but the games kind of suck. And I knew I knew enough to know that at that point. But Wii's well, you didn't Wii, play uh, the Wii Sports. <laughs> oh, well, so yeah, we got the, the we got the Wii like three or four years after the Wii had come out. So we had mm. already been playing Wii Sports at people's houses for like years. Wii Sports was already okay, fair, fair. boring at that point. Right. Um, Never. Like the rest of the stuff <laughs> we got was like, eh, it's not. This stuff is not all that great. So I'm still kind of putting the pedal to the metal like okay i really want a ps3 what i really really want is a ps3 and i'm trying to make the case to my mom my mom's like it's just too expensive because i because for some reason i got it in my head that you needed an hd tv to play ps3 even though it, oh. it comes with a component cable in the box mm-hmm. i thought you needed an hd tv so i'm trying to upsell them like okay we need a ps3 and we need an hd tv <laughs> well you're making it I harder know. for yourself <laughs> yeah i know exactly <laughs> i didn't know at the time um <laughs> Which which makes this story even stupider. Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm like trying to convince my mom. She's like, it's too expensive. I, you know, we definitely couldn't do anything over a thousand dollars or whatever. So I'm like, I'm doing the research. I'm looking up links online to for TVs and stuff. I'm like, we could get a decent HD TV, you know, X size for <laughs> seven hundred dollars, and then the PS3 on sale at Costco is only three hundred bucks. And like, you know, we could do it. And uh, so Christmas rolls around. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know whether I made my case well enough or not. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, and I get the PS3 and I'm, I'm stoked. I'm like, yes, this is great. But there's no, no TV. TV. <laughs> <laughs> you were crushed. And I don't know what to do. I'm like, uh, what do I do about this? There's no TV. Um, so I like plugged the PS3 into my my computer monitors, <laughs> but I didn't have any up. way to like play it play the the audio because there was no <laughs> in, in built speakers in the computer monitors. Um, and then my mom is like, "Well, I'm up in my room, you know, setting it up on my computer monitors." My mom calls me down. She's like, "Hey, we're not done yet." And my brother from the from the garage brings out the big ass TV and what celebration! <laughs> Yay, we got the TV. That's <laughs> I great. can play my PS3. That's so great. <laughs> Did they ever find out that you could have played it without the? <laughs> new tv i did i did eventually <laughs> did you tell them don't tell them they, they were perfectly happy with the new tv so i was not going to spoil okay. it for them that's great no that's a great that's a great story that is that is heartwarming to be yeah. honest that's what christmas should be you know like those surprise moments yeah down with christmas <laughs> down with christmas <laughs> although i did get shin megami tensei 5 from my mom this year Really, that's a that's an interesting oh. Christmas gift because that game is very. <laughs> that's not a Christmas game. <laughs> she doesn't know what it's about, but you know, my my <laughs> my mommy so. got me my mommy got me uh, a, a Senran Kingura for the Switch last year. Hail, <laughs> uh, adventurers! Gather round and let me tell you about the Wizard Scroll: tales of sword-wielding warriors of legendary status. A wannabe spellcaster trying to earn her whiz GED, and even a couple orcs who don't play by nobody's rules. This is truly some of the most depraved, messed up stuff ever to be conjured by Quill and Ink. Tune in to the latest episode today and tell them as it as the wise sent you. Toodles!
so i i do have to bring up uh someone in in chat uh let us know one of their worst Christmas video stories. And apparently they got a game of color and Pokemon silver. And then they, their family went on holiday and then their hotel room got robbed. Oh, basically. God. Oh, God. You know, <laughs> I, out of the, out of the graciousness of my heart, when my brother went off to college, I had moved out. He was going off to college and he loved video games. And I, I collected a lot. I collected a lot of video games and I'm like, Hey, you're going to get a lot of cred with your like roomies. You've got a bunch of like, you got an old Xbox, you got a Dreamcast, you got a, you got a that Genesis. Was I'll give you all the video games you need. You can, you can take them. And like two weeks later, his dorm gets robbed and he's, he's out a PS1, a PS3, uh, an original Xbox, a Dreamcast. Oh man. Uh, a, a Genesis. And I was like, damn it. Oh my gosh. Damn it. it. <laughs> That's heartbreaking. Ooh, yeah, it really crazy. is. Oh, good news though. We got an update to the story. The insurance company did replace it with the Game Boy Advance SP because oh, the Game Boy Color did upgrade. not exist anymore. That's pretty good. story in chat reminds me. I think I told you guys about this before, but reminds me of the time I went to um, New York with, with my family when I was a, pretty little. And we went to the Toy Story in, in New York City, or the Toy Story guy. The, uh, the um, what is it? What's the freaking toy place called? Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. The one in New York. Toy Story. The dead one. Yes. The one that doesn't <laughs> exist yeah, anymore. <laughs> the one in New York with the Ferris wheel and everything. You know? that one, I love that one. Mm, That's my favorite crazy. one. Yeah. And uh, I got a deck of Yu Gi Oh cards and I was so stoked. And then the same day we went to Niagara Falls. And I did not take the deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards out of my pocket when we went to Niagara Falls. And they got totally soaked. Oh, oh. I feel like that's at least happened to everyone who has had Yu-Gi-Oh cards before or Pokemon cards. Yeah. Happened one time for me, yeah. And happened then I, I learned my lesson and got card cases. Yep. Yeah. Or no, I don't just a plastic bag. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to put this out there because no one talks about it. And I think it's something people need to talk about. The amount of fucking Game Boy games that I had, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Regular, Game Boy Advanced, the N- NDS games that went through the wash because they were in my pocket. Mm. The amount of games that went through the wash and survived this day. I can put them into my DS right now and play them. Hell, like, that happened to me with Switch games. I put um oh, Super really? Mario 3 3D, what's it? The 3D World. Not the not that one. All stars. All stars. There we go. I put that one in the wash on accident. Came, I was like, oh no yeah and then i took it i was like it was like it's completely gone like as far as like the text on the cartridge but it still works i'm like nintendo really they they just crazy hard like you you couldn't put those psp games in the washer and they probably turn out just fine yeah it's tech's pretty okay it's pretty okay (laughs) cartridges hold up yeah um now Speaking of, I don't know how you want to move this uh, conversation on, Thomas, but uh, mm-hmm. I I have an interesting way to take this conversation. It's okay. Christmas memories with video games. Because I'm a big tradition guy. I like tradition. Um, for Halloween, I watch the same movies. For for Thanksgiving, I eat the same things. For for Easter, I, 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 I get whipped the same way, you know? Um, but for, but for Christmas recently, I've had, 
Um, I've had a new addition to my holiday cheer checklist. And it's a it's a video game I'm going to recommend. It's a new video game I'm going to recommend to people that I doubt anyone's ever heard of. Uh, it's called Jeff. J-E-F. <laughs> this is called Jeff? Well, it's what's it called... about? Pitch it to us. <laughs> All right. Let me let me read the uh, 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 explanation. Um, it is an indie third-person surreal adventure game. You wake up as an alien from Kazalrelinux, and you don't know your name or how you got here. Okay. Um, soon you discover that your planet has been taken over by a giant e- evil spa cult. Oh, no. You have to find a way to escape through a space-time ganglion that can take you to various alien colonies throughout the universe. Your goal is to get to Earth, where aliens are attempting to uh, right the wrongs of the humans by doing things such as such as forcing former billionaires to put together IKEA furniture for regular people. Among all the confusion of a recently colonized planet, you hear of a kidnapped scientist who can help you find your way, and what you you can find out what your name stands for. That's Jeff. Huh. Well, it's um, spelled Jeff like J E F F. Just just J E F. J E F. Single F. Did you say this was a Christmas? It. Is this a Christmas video? <laughs> this is one of my new Christmas traditions: is playing Jeff. Oh, okay. It's a Starting pretty short from last game. year, and it came out last year. Mm-hmm. And a a let's play channel I was watching played it around this time last year, December last year, and I was like, "This is so up my alley. This is this is a game I am all about." And uh, there's something very Christmassy about it. I don't know if it reminds me of The Grinch. I don't know if it reminds me of of like Charlie Brown's Christmas. Um, I, there's there's a lot of surrealism in Christmas movies to me. Uh, Polar Express, The Grinch, uh, Charlie Brown are all very weirdly surreal in a lot of ways. And this game is just nonsense. But it's it's got things it wants to say. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just a fun, it's just a fun time. It's just a fun, stupid time. Uh, I highly recommend Jeff. I, I gotta, check it kinda, out. I I gotta say he looks like a eggnog, eggnog you need to drink in order to get oh, <laughs> a lot, a lot of eggnog. <laughs> he looks this, like a uh, man in black. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you're kind of like a sea monkey actually you're you're less of a less of an alien more of like a sea monkey that's a sea some... monkey yeah you're you're oh yeah Jeff. it does look like a sea monkey yeah I don't think i've ever seen what a sea monkey looks like but you're I also like an that. alien you're also an alien so you're right about that yeah. um everyone look up jeff the video game and j-e-f it's on j-e-f. steam j-e-f i four bucks on steam it's only four bucks on Steam, oh, wow. and it is it is so worth it. Um, there's a lot of game. It, it feels like a game that's going to stop any second because of like how much money was put into it. You're like, oh, they stopped here. <laughs> no, they put way more effort into it. Um, it's it's an impressive little game. Uh, I it, it makes me think of Christmas now, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to recommend it because I I I think whoever made it deserves some credit because they made a a fairly good game out of 
the most ridiculous nonsense that their brain created. So good on them. That's why I'm looking it up right now. If you say four dollars, yeah, it's four dollars. Any anybody who's listening, like four, it's four dollars. And it has positive reviews on Steam. We might get a Jeff too. You never know. A whopping forty-one review. It's got forty-one reviews. Holy shit! Yeah. Is is that high or low? Low. I don't know. <laughs> pretty low. I mean, it's pretty low, but oh man! All right, hey, it's so, four dollars. We got to start plunking this. Yeah, these are four bucks down, so we can get a Jeff yeah, two. absolutely. Exactly. Show, show the developer some support, so we can get a Jeff two, maybe a Jeff three. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Maybe maybe a Jeff Christmas special. Yes. Yeah. There um, we go. No, but I I genuinely think if you want something like stupid and easy to do during Christmas, Jeff is Jeff is a perfect Christmas video game. I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. It reminds it reminds me a lot of like uh those those uh uh shill games where it's like oh you know I I mentioned like the Grinch and stuff. Like I played the Grinch and Polar Express games a long time ago and uh they have Grinch and Polar Express games. What? I'm yeah. Gonna... They weren't good. For the, for the PlayStation, for yeah, the OG okay. PlayStation. <laughs> I had, I had the Polar Express video game wasn't wasn't good. no none of those games are good but they 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 have like some charm to them by like how like sloppily they're made and and i'm not saying jeff's a sloppy game if the if the if the developer ever sees this uh it's a good game but it's it i think it's intentionally it it feels like that intentionally based on their limitations like they they knew their they knew their limitations so let's make the game feel a little a little clunky, a little McClunky around the corners. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. It's still fun. It's still a good game. And it's four bucks. Everyone go buy Jeff. Make make Christmas worthwhile this year. Buy Jeff. Good stuff. Um so is it stocking stuffer? Hypothetical yes. stocking stuffer. Buy it, buy it as your Steam stocking stuffer. Yeah. Just take a picture of take a picture of it. They have ray tracing. There's the ray tracing in in the uh, They've seen host has seen host has seen the Oni plays. Well, I I'm I might look it up this myself, <laughs> see if my computer can run it. Cause that seems interesting. I'm sure your computer can run it. <laughs> You'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised. Now there is something I want to get to before we get into our our last topic, which is our favorite video games for Chris that like with Christmas settings or games we associate with Christmas. I need these game developers to make more Christmas games. I'm looking at the list mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of games, like Christmas video games. It's not the best looking list in the world. I'm just, just putting it out there. I, I'll name some of the games on this list. Please do, because Bat- I'm struggling. Yeah, Batman Returns for Atari Linux. Arkham yeah. Origins, which is a good game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bayonetta 2, which is not a Christmas is that, game. I was about to say. Not a Christmas. <laughs> now, this is Wikipedia. It's not the greatest source of information in the world, but, you know. Hey, I'm, if there's snow, I'm, it counts as a Christmas game. Those are the rules. Dead Rising 4, which is a Christmas game. That's a Christmas game for sure. Um, Duke Nukem 3D. Hitman. That's not a Christmas game. I have a Christmas level. There's, you know, yeah. I'm I'm looking through this list, and I'm like... Where are the Christmas games at? Like, why are like? Do y'all think there's a reason why Christmas has not been a desirable <laughs> setting for video games? There's so many Christmas movies. There are That's so true. many. That's true. I have a guess, but I want to hear what you guys think first. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, I was 
I was just going to say, I'm surprised. Well, Clems, you were saying that there's Polar Express and the Grinch movies, and I'm honestly surprised they they haven't remade those. Although we don't really get, you know, those kid, any, we don't really get those C-tier kids games anymore no we don't yeah those don't so like, i mean god bless no that market. though god bless well yeah that, it's a blessing and a curse we were getting some very crappy licensed games right for the better part of like a decade yeah. but yeah but now we don't get any christmas games because of it i yeah, i would say the reason we don't get christmas games is because it would almost be taboo um I I think companies would look at it and go, you can't play these games any other time of the year. Exactly. You can't. I I slightly disagree. I think it's more these games aren't going to sell outside of the Christmas season. Yeah. I think that's more. But but then couldn't you make that same argument for like horror games? Because Halloween and nah, nah. Nah. horror games come out I, April, May, June, July, October, September. Yeah, horror you know? is not exclusive to Halloween. You know what I'm saying? It just yeah. heightens. Yeah, heightens it. but people watch horror movies. I watch horror movies all year. Like, it's yeah. not. I mean, I, I watch. Like, I watch Christmas movies all year. So you know, you monster. That's why you're a rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what, what were your thoughts, Ben? I'm curious. Um, what your thoughts are. If I had to guess, um, the reason that we don't have a lot of Christmas games traditionally is because it is hard to hit particular release windows. We see delays all the time. So if you mm, miss your fair. Christmas release mm. window with your Christmas theme, <laughs> game, that's your point. <laughs> that's like I it's January <laughs> release now. That's so, a yeah. great point. You're totally, wow. totally fucked. So I think people would rather not paint themselves into that corner. I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Arkham Origins did not come out around Christmas. I think it came out in like October January? or something. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Came, well, check on that. came out October 25th. Okay. Yeah, that actually, that uh, you're, you're probably right, Ben. You're almost definitely right. But I, I that, like that, that is begs, the answer. That begs sure. a question I want to ask. Um, and, and you're, you're in this, this world. Do you ever think games, video games, will hit that apex of where movies are, where they're just pumping out for the season? Like you've got Hallmark pumping out a shit ton of Christmas movies, a bunch, a bunch of Halloween movies, um, and and it's just sort of it's 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 cycled around. It was a thing in the early two thousands, and it's kind of coming back. Mm-hmm. Like where where studios will just pump out Christmas and Halloween and and Thanksgiving schlock. Do you th- do you ever think games will get to that point? Yeah, I think we're already there. You think we're there? Yes, with the Christmas there. and Halloween events. Events, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the way that we mm. think about it. It's not a totally new game, but every live service game has some sort of Christmas themed thing going on right now. Yeah, Call of Duty does, Apex Legends does, Destiny does. Every single live service game does right mm-hmm. now. Gotcha. So I I think there you know there's there's good and bad to that. It's like one. You don't have the worry of the thing that I was talking about where you're like, oh, my God, we're going to miss our date. We're going to miss our, you know, our Christmas theme game is going to come out in April. And oh, my God, no one's going to play it because, um, you know, a season of a game is a lot easier and more reliable to produce than than a full game. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the the whole thing becomes much more like pure commodification of the holiday 
rather than being able to in- incorporate the holiday in any broader sense. Like every Christmas movie for the most part is like, okay, what's the meaning of Christmas? Like, what is the spirit of Christmas? What are we, what do we think about money? Friendship. Yeah. It's like analyzing Christmas in some way that, you know, sometimes it's saccharine. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's heartfelt. Sometimes it's interesting and thought provoking. Um, Like, you know, something like nightmare before Christmas. Uh, But these, these like seasons of of things in, in games are not, don't go that way you know it's, it's always like get your christmas skins skin. while you can mm-hmm. dress up like santa skin. that kind of yep. shit there's there's snow in the in the location or you know whatever it's not like it's bad or anything but it's it's like it's decorations you know it's decorations on the it's game rather soulless. than a christmas game there's no soul is what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i i don't mean this to be condemnatory or anything like that but i think i don't think we're at the level of Christmas games like Christmas movies exist. But the the kind of thing that you're talking about with like the crank out the Disney well, Disney Channel's Christmas special every year and like Hallmark <laughs> specials. I, I, I talked to I, I like I talked to somebody who worked <laughs> for one of the studios that produced Hallmark Christmas <laughs> movies. Uh-huh. And the the dude was like our our whole ambition is to be the thing that you have on in the background while you're hanging the lights <laughs> on the tree. <laughs> as long as we can hit that, we are isn't, okay. Isn't there something charming about that? Is there? Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Shareholders you think know, by so. the same token, by the same token, these these Christmas seasons in in games are the same thing. It's the it's the decorations on the game that you were going to play anytime during the game. and less expensive. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean that's a good. That's a great point. I never thought of that, but yeah, that has kind of taken the place of releasing that So Raven Christmas special <laughs> for for Nintendo DS. You know, that's kind of replaced that. And I think we're for the better for that. No, I do I hope we get at least one Christmas game, like one big Christmas game setting. Yeah. No, I think I think you make a game for like twenty bucks. You get like one developer on that shit. You're like make the make the fucking uh squid game christmas game put that put that out on nintendo ds (laughs) who cares sell it for like two weeks we'll make bank i want that soulless christmas like money grabbing i want i I definitely feel like you get that with mobile games because i don't know about you guys but during holidays like thanksgiving even now during christmas like Pop up in your Apple Store or your Google Play Store, and you're gonna see those Christmas games on the front page where that's they're like. A, that's a damn shame. You're right. So that that has kind of replaced the yeah. Nintendo DS small. Yeah, that's a good point because those those games they are Christmas games and Thanksgiving games in those right. app stores. So I forget yeah. about not apps. The it's apps are for fucking babies, but you know they're not real gamers. Not real gamers. <laughs> they're they're literal infants sitting watching Nico watermelon TV, just like <laughs> vomiting up on their mom's screen. What a visual! That's who plays app games is babies who vomit. You heard it here first, y'all. You heard it here first. Lock it in. Let's go out on a strong note. I want everybody to pick their favorite Christmas game. Now, it could be a Christmas setting or it could be a game you just associate with Christmas, something you just play every Christmas or play multiple Christmases. The ball's in your court. 
Jeff. <laughs> it's only been, it's only been one year. You already went. I forgot. It's been two yeah. years now, but Jeff is Jeff is Jeff is my Christmas. Start the tradition. Start my tradition. Guys, you guys. All right, this so we got fun. Jeff. I guess for me, it would it would definitely be NBA Live slash Two K. Oh, surprising. Uh-huh. How? Do tell. So typically, that's the one game that my parents knew. Okay. Because there have been so many Christmas where they get me a game and I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and I never play that game. So they knew to get me NBA Live because that's consistently I'm going to play that. And consistently I have my friends over, my neighborhood friends, and we'd have we'd run like 20 person tournaments, you know, so I always associate those even to this day. Like I'll, st- I still am scheduled to do a 2K tournament on Christmas Eve, so I'm still, I still kind of keep that tradition up even to this day. But that's something I've done for, damn, the better part of 15 years. I, I just felt old just now, damn. But yeah, I associate basketball video games with Christmas. Nice. I got one for you. So I was struggling to think about this because I'm like, like we said, there's not many Christmas games in the first place. But then I started thinking about Christmas modes because Matthew Bliss in our chat was talking about some of the worst modes that people have for Christmas games like Insatisfactory. But one game in particular has a very good Christmas mode that is only available during Christmas, and that's Overwatch. So Overwatch has does their events a little differently in that they have, you know, these themed events, they have a Halloween event, they have a Christmas event, but those uh, modes basically are only available during that time. You cannot play them at any other time. So for their Halloween mode, they have like a PVE, like defeat, like Frankenstein and all his minions kind of mode. But for Christmas, they have like a May snowball type of mini game. Well, it's not a mini game. It's just another game mode where you're like having a big snowball fight. So like, and because that game is a limited time mode that I can only play during Christmas, regardless if if I don't play Overwatch for months, which I have not because, you know, I'm waiting for Overwatch 2, I will still hop in during the Christmas to play that mode because it is so fun. I'm only able to play it during this time and I associate it with Christmas. So... Dope. There's there's definitely a fine line between good Christmas modes in game and just, you know, decorations. And I think Overwatch does a pretty good job at keeping that balance right. I just wish that they actually allowed you to play those modes all year round in some sort of archive or whatever. But I'd like people to like say, me coming back. I'd like to say Overwatch was one of the first live service games to really incorporate Christmas. That's fair. I feel like yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because I mean, I know that um, like stuff like the division was out, Destiny was out, but I don't think. Mm. I mean, division obviously takes place in winter, but I don't think it was like Christmas themed events like Overwatch mm. did. So I, I'd like to give just give a shout out to them because they're one of the first ones to really pioneer what Ben's talking about as far as these Christmas events. Yeah, agreed. They went all out on those too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The only if only, if only is- Overwatch was relevant again. <laughs> Overwatch two is coming. Overwatch two, is coming. maybe yeah, indefinitely <laughs> postponed. Twenty thirty. Who knows when? The only game I have strong Christmas associations with, we already mentioned, is Arkham Origins, just because the the whole theming of that. I feel like that, even though that game was probably the weakest of the 
Arkham series. Uh, that was the one, maybe maybe with the exception of Arkham Knight. I think I think the hype for my hype for Arkham Knight died down a little bit just because it took so long to come out. But Arkham Origins was pretty hot off the heels of Arkham City. I like to say it was like a year. I think it was like yeah. a year. Yeah, I think it was really, really close. Yeah. And um, so I was super, super hyped for that game. And I don't know if you guys remember, but that game has an awesome trailer. Like a, that was one of the first, I think, Blur Studios did that. Um, what's his name? The director uh, of, of uh, Deadpool uh, directed the trailer. Oh, Tim Miller. Tim Miller. Yeah. yeah I didn't Blur know Studios. That. Is, I didn't know that either. I didn't know he directed that trailer. No. Nah. I, yeah. I have to look at it. That's great. It's the trailer kicks ass. It's, it's frankly better than the game. Um, though I don't, I don't hate Arkham Origins, but um, yeah, the Christmas theming of that and the whole like assassins going after Batman and all, and all that stuff, really cool stuff. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I think that's the thing that I'm most strongly associated with the game that I'm most strongly associated with Christmas. Nice. And I, I would say that I feel like the games that can definitely take advantage of a Christmas setting are superhero games. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you mm-hmm. set a superhero game. Truth be told, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it just matters what the story is. So Very I feel true. like you can release like Miles Morales. I mean, Miles Morales is another one that's yep. set in Christmas. Came out. Truth be told, November around, like, right? That like pound for pound, that might be the best Christmas game of all time. <laughs> like, pound for pound. might be. Yeah, it's might Slim be. Pickens. <laughs> yeah, it's Slim Pickens, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it came out we'll like it. around November. You know, it you know has a Christmas setting true christmas setting mm-hmm. but yeah i think that i feel like if we get to because there's a lot of superhero stories that take place during christmas mm-hmm. so i'd like to see more superhero games take advantage of that i think arkham origins is a great example that's another one that's has very clear christmas influence in it so mm-hmm. you hear that monolith wonder woman christmas game we want it please that's provide. what we want that's what we want the fans yeah. we're asking for way too much there. <laughs> No, we're not. Oh, it's man. Christmas. You can ask for anything. That's true. Hopefully, Santa um, delivers us a great Wonder Woman game at the very least. But of course, this has been the Dukes of Gaming podcast. Real Christmas. quick, real quick. Oh, it's Christmas. Let him go. It's Christmas. You know, and we're all just going to ignore your your massive jug of water behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so i have always wanted to be drinking out of like like a four gallon thing of water right okay what what's Why? the top part that's what i'm, I'm gonna is get that a faucet it. what is it i'm gonna get to it i'm gonna get to it i'm gonna get to it so it's full always soap. He's drinking soap. for me i've <laughs> always God, just because i hate just buying bottles of water i'm a water drinker i drink a lot of water a week mm-hmm. i hate just going through because i feel bad just for all the water bottles that are around my house that i drink throughout the week so i'm like well, how can i just synthesize this i don't want to buy the big thing you know with the it holds this thing that you have the office you know mm-hmm. you press the button i don't want to get all that i look on amazon shots off jeff bezos and they had <laughs> this thing called ECD. And it is essentially a water fountain that it like the tube goes in the water, uh-huh. comes up, and it, you know, I'll just oh <laughs> press the button and it comes out. There like he that. goes. And, and the water's coming out. But why can't the four gallon jug? 
But why can't you just have a regular like water thing? Yeah, just get a water mean? filter. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have that too. I I drink a lot of water, y'all. He needs one in every room. Yeah, every yeah. Room. So I have the water. I have Wait, the Brita. So, I have the Brita. Everything. I have called? that in the fridge. At it's EV? called E C D. E C D. Okay, so. $10. Thanks for watching the Dukes of Gaming. We've made your Christmas list list this year. You this get Jeff and the ECD, and you're good to go. That's buy it for everyone. That'd be great. Not to you by the ECD. Yeah, <laughs> not sponsored yet. Not no, sponsored not yet. Sponsored Hopefully they project. watch this. Like, oh, they they're fans. <laughs> Big fans. Big <laughs> wet fans. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I believe the people now, but <laughs> I want to thank. Everybody for listening or watching, as always, the Dukes of Gaming podcast. Again, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcast services. Watch us live on Twitch. You can catch us on YouTube after the fact if you can't watch live. Leave a like, a review, a comment, anything to help support the channel. You can even email us at therealdukesofgaming at gmail.com to have your question read live on air. Again, we'll be coming at you next week with some more hot takes. We post every week, so make sure you start your week off right with the Dukes of Gaming podcast. And if there's nothing else, I bid thee farewell. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vacasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earned you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I you. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. 
Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show, brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out the show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Oh boy, it is Monday afternoon and we don't have a game. We have two games. A Monday night football Omicron doubleheader. Let's let's get into today's two games. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, Sidekick on the Controls, Connor Sewer, Pasta, Titan, Tomato Sauce, Billy Joel, Junkie, and Long Suffering, Jets fan, Tom. Uh, two games. I I am I am broken. Like we are, we are now on that borderline of week 15, week 16. Christmas is just a few days away. <laughs> I realize I still need to buy gifts for people I presumably care about. I, I'm, I'm done. I, I am done, Thomas. It, it is, it is complete madness. It's like back when they did that horrible double header at the beginning of the season. Remember how they would do that on Monday night? You'd have an yes. actual primetime game and then you'd have the Tuesday morning football West Coast extravaganza. Oh, did they not do that this year? Yeah, they stopped doing that a couple years ago because okay. it was terrible. I think yeah. I think what spurred them on was the time that it was a game in Denver and it got so rain delayed that it did not kick off until like 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. That that was a nightmare. Yeah, well, th- this is a nightmare. I'm just going to say Raiders-Browns, that is a game that no one wants to watch. And it's, like, it's earlier in the day. It's not even prime time. This is horrible. Yep. Yeah, that 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 is that is why they did this. It is a game no one wants to see. Um, at least the Raiders get one fewer less day of rest, if that makes sense, because they have a divisional game next week. They're yeah. pretty upset that they didn't get to play their game when it was supposed to be played, but yeah. is what it is. The game is being played today. The Browns opened one and a half because of COVID uncertainty, though. That number doesn't really reflect the change to the Monday night game. And now it sits at Browns minus three. Last no, time I checked it, Tom, it's moved again. No, it is big time favor uh, for the Raiders now because there has been the news of all of the quarterbacks being out uh, for the Browns. So Baker oh. Mayfield is definitely out, and also Case Keenum is out. So it is confirmed that we have uh, whatever his name is. I can't even remember his name right now. You Do should you remember, remember his, his name? name because it's it, Nick Mullins. Nick and Mullins. the only the thing that matters about Nick Mullins is that he made his NFL starting debut against the Raiders and won that game for the 49ers. Yeah. He is okay. no stranger to this. Well, that is interesting. Uh, what is also interesting is that this line is two and a half at some books. It moved universally to two and a half, and it has now popped to three. At some books. So it's three at FanDuel, three at Caesars, two and a half at DraftKings, BetMGM, and I believe points bet. If you are interested in betting against a COVID stricken team that is without its top two quarterbacks, and also it's looking like we'll be without head coach Kevin Stefanski, uh, then you probably want to bet on the Raiders right now at two and a half because I bet this line gets to three across the industry. Give me co- give me the COVID Browns all the way. 
See, this is this is interesting. Let's let's talk about this. I would I would say that the Browns might get back a couple of players before kickoff. Uh, because the, the protocol, like it's still it's still in flux. There's there's still time for players to test negative if they are vaccinated and then to be able to return for tonight's game. Uh, and so it's possible that a couple players will return. I don't know how much they would really impact the line if they didn't return, but there's the possibility that the Browns might have some more players who are being discounted right now in the market. Um, I do say like this line feels short given that the Raiders are healthy and they've had extra time to prepare and like the extra time to prepare, like they have their team and they're preparing with the players they know are playing with the Browns having extra time to prepare. It doesn't really mean anything because there's so much in flux on the roster right now. I haven't bet the Raiders yet because I don't actually trust the Raiders. And I believe that is probably where your head is right now. There's so much uncertainty with this game. I lean towards the Raiders. I haven't bet it yet, Tom make the case for why you would be betting on the Browns or maybe let's say flip it around why you would be betting against the Raiders. I'm betting on the Browns because of two things. One of them is sound facts and logic. One of them is complete gut feeling. You should not handicap based upon this. First off, their running backs are fine. They're going to have Nick Chubb for this game, right? Yes, and they will also have future Hall of Famer Dearness Johnson. Exactly. They've got two Hall of Famers in that backfield. Well, one definite Hall of Famer, one potential Hall of Famer. We'll see how Chubb's career plays out. But they're going to have their run game, which they're going to lean heavily on with Nick Mullins at quarterback anyway. So I'm not really worried about their wide receiver issues because they're not going to play the ball. (laughs) Yeah, they're not throwing the ball in this game. We know what they're going to do. And the Raiders' defense is really good against the pass. Not so good against the run. They don't have that nose tackle run run stuffing blocker in the middle that can really muck up rush lanes. They have a bunch of guys that are good at getting to the quarterback, and that's going to be a major. That's going to be a major factor here. The the Raiders are a team you can run on, and the Cleveland Browns are a team that are going to try and run in this game. Another thing is, athletes are creatures of habit. They like routine, so even though the Raiders have everybody they're still going to be very thrown off by this extra day. This was something that has made a significant change for them for this week. And they've also got a divisional game next week that they're looking ahead to right now. This team, I don't know how focused they're going to be for this contest at this point. The other factor that you really shouldn't handicap on, but that I'm, I'm going to in this spot is just, the Browns are the team with the motivation here. They're the ones with the billboard material just because of the adversity that they've actually had to go through with all this. Uh, going back, how many games have we seen with some of these COVID teams where they step up to the plate, the backups step up and say, hey, you know what? This is my time to shine. This is my one shot right now. And they just play that extra. They played with that extra effort. They play with that tenacity of a team that everybody's counting out because they've had to go through all this stuff. And I feel like that's going to bring them together a little bit. I mean, I'm pointing back to actually in the MLS playoffs this season, in the Eastern Conference final, Philadelphia was without like half of their starting roster because of COVID. And everybody goes, oh, well, New York City is just going to trounce them. They did beat them, but it was a much tougher game against these backups and kids than you ever would have guessed. And it is that factor of these athletes. They have that adversity. They have that extra gear that they want to get into. Yes, it's handicapping on human emotion, 
but it's a thing that is very real when it comes to sport. And I don't approve of handicapping on human emotion, but I do think the adversity, the overcoming adversity edge is real. And also it's the Raiders and they're absolutely in prime position to blow this spot just so that they can then go and complain about how if they had played this game when it was supposed to be played, they would have won, even though that means you wouldn't have been playing most of the Browns roster. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I hear what you're saying, but if I have the opportunity to chase some of that steam and to get the two and a half when it's three at most places, I feel like that's a lot of value that you probably don't want to pass up. But like, that's also the on the perspective of like, you feel as if you need to take a position on the yeah. side. And I honestly might rather just stay away. You know, for, for me, it's Brown's money line or nothing. Mm hmm. Just because you're getting some value on that. I don't really want to lay points with the Raiders in any football game. Mm -hmm. And I don't. So it, I'm either getting value on the Browns and seeing if they pull a cool upset or not playing the game. Yeah. Well, and I can see I can see going with the underdog Browns here because I am interested in the under. Uh, and so the Raiders have scored fewer than 20 points in five of six games without Henry Ruggs. So it's not like they are uh, an offensive juggernaut. Yeah. Um, the Browns, they're starting Nick Mullins. I don't know what else needs to be said about that besides they're starting Nick Mullins. So they're not going to be at their best offensively. Uh, I'm very skeptical. We see a lot of points. But again, I'm not sure if I'm going to be taking a position on this or not. I might take the under closer to game time. What I can say for sure is that I am not looking at the over. If I'm if I'm betting the total in this game, I will be going under. And uh, honestly, looking at it now, I feel like I wish I would have bet it uh, an hour ago because it's it's moved a point down. It's still 41 at DraftKings. It's 40 and a half everywhere else. I could see this line continuing to move down. I could see it continuing to move down. If it gets that low, I'm honestly tempted to take the over on the merit that the Browns have the fourth best rushing attack in the league and the Raiders have the 26th worst rushing defense. The, I think the Browns are going to be able to move the football in this game. Again, a little bit of bias. The last time Nick Mullins went out and played against the Raiders, he looked like the second coming of Joe Montana. So that, that that's a thing that did happen. Like he, he is not the worst backup quarterback I've ever seen. That's an incredibly twisted way of making a bullish argument about someone. Like, Tom, you're not the worst producer that I've ever had. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hearing that means I'm I'm at the very least in the top. I'm going to guess five because I don't feel like there have been that many of us. <laughs> I've survived, okay? I've survived <laughs> all of you producers. Um <laughs> Anyway, okay, so uh, I don't honestly I don't know if we're going to be taking a position on this game either way on the side or the total. This is this is just a disgusting game in general. Even if both of these teams were totally healthy, this would feel like a disgusting game. You add the COVID issues on top of that. You add the fact that it's on a Monday afternoon. I just I don't I don't really want to have to have any investment in this game except for a prop, of course. Yeah. I, I could see these games getting to 21 points a peach at uh, uh, 21 points a piece. I could see these teams getting there. Yeah. But it's not something I want to bet on. Yeah. What I do want to bet on is whatever prop bet that we're taking today, because it's always fun to tail those and make some easy money. 
Okay. I am looking at Hunter Renfro over 76 and a half yards receiving. I bet this at FanDuel minus 110 odds. Since week 12, when tied in Darren Waller exited early with an injury, Hunter Renfro has averaged an elite 11 targets on a per game basis, gone over 100 yards receiving in each of those games, three games. He's also been targeted a little further downfield, 6.9 average depth of target for the last three weeks versus a 5.7 average depth of target in weeks one through three. So uh, weeks one through 11. So it's not just that he's getting more targets, although that's primarily it. It's also that his targets naturally, if he is turning them into receptions, are going to result in more yards. So there are, I think, multiple reasons to be bullish on him. I, you know, normally don't like to go over on uh, on props unless there's, I think, a compelling reason to do so. But the fact that Hunter, Hunter Renfro, 11, like 10, 14, like he's just, he's getting a ton of targets each week. He's basically turned into like a smaller version of Cooper Cup in terms of how the Raiders are using him, right? Playing heavily in the slot, but getting a ton of targets, easily leading the team in target volume. Hunter Renfro over 76 and a half yards receiving is a prop I like a lot. It blows. It, it is my favorite thing about the NFL is the fact that Hunter Renfro and DK Metcalf play the same position. I mean, yes, technically, technically they're labeled the same position. I mean, if you want to make the argument that the, the thing is at this point, Hunter Renfro is wide receiver three over the past, what, eight weeks and DK Metcalf is wide receiver 26. Yeah. I mean, Hunter Renfro is easily outproducing DK Metcalf at this yeah. point. You know, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's funny because he has a skill set that is often undervalued, like that middle of the field slot skill set. But if a guy can do it really well, it seems like there are a lot of guys who can do it slightly above average, but very yeah. few guys who can do it really, really well. And if a guy can do that really well, then he is worth so much to your team. I'd say like he, he is worth more than a perimeter receiver unless the perimeter receiver is like on i don't know like a like a Devonte adams type of level yeah it, it's all about being able to pick up those scrappy yards when you need them yes tom <laughs> it is he i i always love the wayne Corbett, like that type of receiver yes i mean yeah and a lot of it is about like if a guy is able to read the defense well on the option routes, then he can get open pretty easily. And because he's closer to the line of scrimmage and he's in the middle of the field, those are easier targets to be completed for the passer. So like the, the quarterback is incentivized to look to that receiver and uh, the receiver has an easier chance versus a perimeter receiver of turning those targets into receptions. He was a rare, great draft pick by the Raiders. Yeah, he, he actually, he really was. That's yeah. probably the best draft pick that they've had uh, within that John Gruden, that John Gruden era. Yeah, I, I'd have to probably say so. Yeah, that's been some bad drafting. All right, let's move on to the actual Monday Night Football game, the marquee prime time slot here: the Vikings and the Bears. Minnesota opened minus four. They're now at a quick double check confirmed, still six and a half. The total opened 43 and a half, just up to 44 and a half. So still right in that range. Minnesota seven and six ATS, eight and five to the over. 
Chicago, four and nine ATS, eight and five to the under. Anything on the spread here that you like? I got I got nothing really. Mike Zimmer, um, he's had a overwhelmingly positive against the spread record for his career, but it has been very splitsy. And one of the splits is that Mike Zimmer out of division when he's going against teams that aren't familiar with him does very, very well. But in division, he's 22 and 23 against this spread for his career. The Vikings have been in a lot of close games this year. Uh, you know, more than six feels like too much. Kirk Cousins is seven and 14 against the spread on any day that isn't Sunday. So think of like, you know, games that tend to be in big spots, island games, games that disrupt his normal routine. Uh, he has historically not done well in that. He's 10 and 16 against the spread in prime time. The problem is I don't trust Matt Nagy as the Bears head coach. Teams are 30, 15, and one against the spread against Matt Nagy since his second season with the Bears. This just feels like a disgusting game that I, I don't want to bet against. Like it, it feels like it will come down between three and seven points, and I just don't want to take a stand on either of these teams. I think that is very fair. So at, at, at four points, you would talk to me about the Vikings. Yeah. At six and a half, I'm out. Yeah. That's too many points. Yeah, even even at four, if I took it at four, it would be solely because I think it's going to move and I'm trying mm -hmm. to chase closing line value, which, by the yeah. way, hasn't worked out all that well for me this year. But yeah. but it wouldn't be on the merits of the Vikings. It would be just trying to get ahead of a line. Mm -hmm. I think that I, I think that makes sense. And that's a perfectly valid way to bet. That's the way a ton of people bet. I know plenty of sports bettors who are at the book every day. And they solely bet based on numbers and values. They don't even yeah. some people don't even couldn't even name you three NFL players and they bet on every NFL game. Good for them. <laughs> I wish I were them this season. It's a numbers game. How about the total? Speaking of numbers here, sitting around 44 and a half right now. What are you thinking? I bet the under at 45 uh, Bears quarterback, Justin Fields has a three and six over under record outdoor divisional games in December and January are 297 to 236 uh, to 15 to the under the Vikings sizable favorites on the road. I think they're going to lean on the running game and that could drive the game to the under. I don't think we're going to see a lot of passing in this game, especially from the Vikings. I think they're just going to run the ball. I think that will result in a game that finishes around like 38 points or 39 points, maybe 42 points. I could see it ending up right around there. I mean, I don't really trust either one of these offenses all that much right now. You're kind of relying on Dalvin Cook to hit the over. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's talk about some prop bets here. Starting off, Kirk Cousins. You like him not to have a big game through the air tonight. I'm looking at Kirk Cousins under 32 and a half pass attempts. I bet this at DraftKings at minus 110 odds. As I mentioned earlier, the Vikings are significant road favorites. I think that means they rely on the running game to control the ball and to grind down the clock. It seems like the Vikings would want to minimize the impact of Cousins in a primetime game, especially with the temperature that's in the 30s and winds approaching 10 miles per hour, uh, potentially with gust exceeding that. Uh, at Soldier Field. So I'm looking under Kirk Cousins, 32 and a half pass attempts. And how about on the other side here, Justin Fields? You're liking him on an over, but it isn't through the air. Yes. 
Justin Fields over 37 and a half yards rushing at bet MGM minus 110 odds. I will freely admit this line feels like a trap. Okay. This, this feels very trappy. Fields has started rushing more recently, especially since week six. That was really when he started doing more as a runner. And in each of his five full games since then, he has gone over this number 38, 43, 45, 74, and 103 yards rushing. So every game since he really started doing work on the ground, he has been able to clear this number. In one game, just barely cleared it. And some other games easily cleared this number. And he's done it in each game with six to 10 carries. So he has had legitimate rushing volume, legitimate attempts to drive these yardage totals that we've seen. So I'm I'm leaning into that trend. We've seen it historically that books have been slow when it has come to rushing quarterbacks. They were slow with Lamar Jackson years ago. They've been slow with Jalen Hurts uh, you know, last year, this year. I think they're still slow on Justin Fields and adjusting to the fact that he is not just a pocket passer, but someone who is more willing to leave the pocket and scramble and be used a little bit on some design runs. So Justin Fields, I'm going over 37 and a half yards rushing. Although I do have to say, setting it right under 38 as the lowest number that we've seen from him uh, since week six, that just feels a little fishy to me, but uh, I'm going to take it. All right. We'll have to see if it works out. Another rushing prop that you're looking at. Dalvin Cook, you like him 91 and a half yards tonight over or under? I'm going over Dalvin Cook, 91 and a half yards rushing. I got this at DraftKings minus 115 odds. This one, this is my favorite bet of the night. And even if Dalvin Cook has a great game on the ground, I still think that there is room for this game to go under. So I'm I'm fine, you know, betting the under and betting the over on Dalvin Cook. I do think that those outcomes are correlated with Cook having a massive game on the ground. He's played in four victories this season. In those games, he's had 22 to 29 carries. I mean, that is a huge workload. And he has rushed for 86, 94, 140, and 205 yards in those four games. That's a, a massive range, but skewed heavily towards the over. In just one of four games, he has gone under 91 and a half yards rushing. Obviously, the massive game that he had, 205 yards, came on Thursday night football. He's had extra time to rest and another day of rest because he's playing on Monday night football. And look at what he did last year. In six games, six victories last year, Cook had 18 to 32 carries. So again, huge workload when the Vikings win. Uh, in most of those games, easily over 20 carries. And he rushed for 61, 96, 120, 130, 163, and 206 yards. So in those six games, he cleared 91 and a half yards rushing in five of them. The Vikings, again, significant favorites. And even if they don't win, I think Dalvin Cook is still going to get his usage in his two games against the Bears last year. He had 96 yards and 132 yards rushing. I mean, it's a big number, 91 and a half yards rushing. But given that the Vikings are significant favorites, given that he's had success against the Bears in the past, Given the way in which the Vikings tend to use him when he is favored, I very much like him in this spot. 
you just love making my life difficult because I hear this is my favorite prop of the night. And I'm like, cool. This is our Twitter clip. Boom. Four minute rant. Sorry. All good. You'll just have to cut it. You'll just have to cut it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you're going to make me actually do work here, Matt. Was it, was that actually four minutes? I'm going to take the under on four minutes. I'll, I'll let you know in post. We'll see how long it was. I'd set the line closer to three. Okay. I was going to say I would set it more at like 230 and a half. All right. All right. We'll have to see. That would make my life a little bit easier. That's not as much to cut. Yeah. The last prop that we have on the board here, though, before we get out of here, Justin Jefferson over 93 and a half yards receiving. You know, Tom, this might be my favorite. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. I was thinking maybe I could maybe I could just repackage this as the favorite and then make I, life easier on you. I do have a question for you. Yeah. Do you feel like you're betting against yourself a little bit? Would it be a one or the other situation with these of if Cook has a big game, maybe Jefferson's mm-hmm. production gets hurt or no? Yeah. And normally it's a good question. Normally you wouldn't want to be betting in a situation like that of having uh betting on a big game with a running back, big game with a wide receiver and also going under it's, that's not those, those correlations aren't good. But the thing is, the usage tree for the Vikings, especially if Adam Thielen is out, it is so narrow and so constrained, basically just to Justin Jefferson and to Dalvin Cook. Some targets will go to KJ Osborne, but it really is just those two guys. And kind of think about like the Packers, right? Like for a while, it's been Aaron Jones. Now you have AJ Dillon in the mix, but think back to last year, year before that, even Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams as like the two guys within that offense. And they could put up a lot of production uh, and hit the over simultaneously without the Packers actually having to have a massive game. Uh, I think that's the kind of situation that we have here. So I'm looking at Justin Jefferson over 93 and a half yards receiving. I bet this at Caesars minus 110 odds. Adam Thielen is technically a game time uh, questionable decision, but I doubt he actually plays. And even if he does, he likely won't be anywhere close to his full self. He didn't practice at all last week. Last year in week 12 without Thielen, Jefferson had 13 targets in week 14 when Thielen left the game after just six snaps. Jefferson had 14 targets. Last week, he had 15 targets without Thielen. Assuming that Thielen is out, Jefferson will once again have uber elite target volume. And I know that I bet on him last week, uh, basically with the same thesis, and it didn't work out. But he had 15 targets. If you tell me that Justin Jefferson is going to have double-digit targets, I will almost automatically be betting the over on whatever line you set as long as it is within the realm of reason. So the usage has been very encouraging. I think we see that again tonight. So I'm going back to it. Justin Jefferson over 93 and a half yards receiving. All right, Matt. Well, that is going to do it for us here on the Degenerate Sports Betting Show. Where can people find all the great content you're putting out each and every day? You can find all of the content at FTN Network on Friday. I publish the Fantasy Football Breakdown on Thursday, the Best Bets article on Tuesday, the Fantasy Rankings, which I update on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then all throughout the week. In the FTN Best Tracker, I'm putting in my NFL sides, totals, and player props, and on Twitter, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast app, and on FTN, you can see all of the episodes of the Friedman Fantasy Football Show and the Degenerate Sports Betting Show, and always use the highly original promo code FRIEDMAN 
for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. You can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I love your vacation home. How much time do you spend here? As much as we want. And when we're not using it, we rent it out. Our amazing team cares for and markets it on all the major booking sites. What team does all that? Vacasa. They manage everything, and I see it all on my phone. Plus, they've been earning us over 20% more after I switched from my last property manager. Your vacation home earns you that much? It's not a vacation home. It's a Vacasa home. Get your free vacation income estimate to see how much your vacation home can earn you. Call 800-544-0300 or visit vacasa.com. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.